Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. Please visit harrys.com and use the promo code BIGGESTPROBLEM to save $5 off your first purchase. Today's show is brought to you by our own bonus episode. Okay. Are you talking about you? No, I didn't run away from home. I did move out pretty abruptly. I actually... Would that count as running away from home? No. Did you tell them? Uh, did you tell your family you were moving out abruptly, or did you just leave? I think my last words were "fuck you, fuck you, fuck you," and then and I got I'm running car. away. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, a, you ran away. <laughs> <laughs> the Voyager's not twenty billion miles away from the sun. Oh, you better be right. Yeah. After the last month, it's not. I don't, I'm gonna put. I will put money on it that it's not twenty How billion much miles. Money? 12 bucks. Wait a minute. Okay, 12 bucks. He made a rat enclosure that was basically like uh, rat Caesar's palace. A little fountain. A lot of toys, a little, a little fountain. Blackjack, little rat blackjack. Got a little rat blackjack. Uh huh. And a little back a rat. <laughs> back a rat. <laughs> Before the pizza tracker, you just sat in your apartment after you, you didn't even know if the pizza was coming. Well, what, what do you think? They have their ovens synced up with some like fucking Wi Fi thing that's updating a server no, all the time? They just click they push a, push button a button. On the, yeah, they push a button on the on the PIA, on the point of sale system. The same thing that prints out what's on the pizza and then it updates the system. I'm and skeptical. Then, oh, you're such a fucking cynic. <laughs> you're such a cynic. Oculus Rift, you'll believe, that yeah. plugs right into your yes. brain, but a pizza tracker no. where you Man, have to press a button. That's way out Man of on the moon, yes. <laughs> yeah. Pizza tracker, no, no way. No. Absolutely not. It's, it's, it just doesn't seem efficient. They're going to pay a bunch of workers standing around pressing buttons all day. Pressing, they have to press the no, button anyway. It's the same people making your pizza. And he was just saving every single paycheck until he said, I'm just going to try to get a, an apartment and a girlfriend. And eventually he did. It doesn't fit the predisposed notion that you have of homelessness. How's he going to hang on to the money with a girlfriend? <laughs> yeah. Now available at thebiggestproblemintheuniverse.com. Welcome to the biggest problem in the universe, the show where we discuss every problem in the universe from AIDS to zits. With yeah. over six million downloads, this is the only show where you decide what should or shouldn't be on the big list of problems. I'm Maddox with me as Dick. Hey, what's up, buddy? And Sean, our audio engineer. Hello. Big episode 100. We did it. Woo. Anniversary episode. That's it. Let's mm -hmm. go. Let's mm -hmm. leave right now. Done. We got Handy Randy in the studio. This is going to be a big one, guys. Dick, we've been doing this for a long time, and every now and then I like to go back and listen to old episodes. Mm. And uh, we sound, I, I think our voices have improved a lot, our yeah. radio voices. Uh, the first ones are unlistenable. Yeah. It's, they're shameful. They should be taken off the internet. And so occasionally I'll meet somebody at a party or a wedding or something somewhere, and they'll say, what do you what do? You do? What, and I, I mention the podcast, and they say, oh, I'll go listen to it. I'll listen from episode number one, and I'll go all the way through. And I <laughs> yeah, said, please, no, please don't. No, don't. Don't do it from episode one. Start at, the newest, <laughs> start at the newest episode. What episode do you do you recommend people listen to? When, the newest when, one, always. Really? Always, always the newest, newest one. I yeah. usually recommend or episode 69. Okay. I like that that was a good episode. Yeah, it was a good episode. Why are you yeah. laughing? The sex episode. I yeah. remember that. Yeah. Uh, we. I usually recommend episode twenty-one. Uh, actually, episode ten. I believe that was with uh, Ryan Holiday. People really liked that episode. Good one. Yeah. yeah, and I think episode twenty-one was the first time Mysterious was on the show. That one was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. So Ep stop at twenty. Ep <laughs> episode sixty-five was really good. Episode sixty-five, I think, was a fan favorite. That was when we did uh, Death and Hoverboards. There was a mm. few. There was a few in the early '70s, I think, that were really good. Yeah, if I remember right. But are the uh, are the first ones that tough to listen to? I think yes. I went back, and everything is just more sedated. 
You know, you think there's all this excitement, but it doesn't come across until you... Although that's not necessarily a problem. I played the last Uh episode for my life coach a couple days ago. He was over drinking, and he got through like a minute and a half. He goes, there's too much shouting. Uh I don't want to listen to this anymore. Okay, well, well, there you go. All right, guys, well, I have a really big announcement to make. I've been wanting to mention this on the podcast. Been in the works for a while. I'm launching a radio network, an entire podcast radio network, so... The biggest problem in the universe, first podcast, obviously, and there's going to be a second one coming soon, and there's just going to be more. The, the entire network's going to grow. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So uh, that's that's something to look forward to. It's coming down the line. I'm, I'm looking at uh, pro- possibly- Uh-oh, be careful. You don't see- <laughs> You already sold it. You don't need to continue selling it with dates. Let's not write checks. Our asses yeah. can't cash. Yeah, I already got a book- uh, What's going to come out first, the network or the book? I'll tell you what's going to come out first. Dark Souls 3. Yeah. And uh, and so neither. Neither okay. one's going to come out. I'm, this is just going to be a big disappointment for everyone involved. Uh, but, uh, Dick, uh, um, I mentioned weddings. Uh, over the weekend, I went to a wedding, and I didn't know this, but uh, I, I dressed up as a cowboy uh, for this wedding. It was cowboy-themed, right? The and wedding I, was the cowboy-themed, or you were cowboy-themed? Well, <laughs> turns out I was cowboy-themed. <laughs> <laughs> I showed up to the wedding, the only one dressed as a cowboy. Why would you think a wedding is cowboy-themed? Because I glanced at the invitation, and I read the word cowboy on it somewhere. I'm like, yeah, 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 cowboy, got it, got it. And so I show up with a cowboy hat, oh cowboy shirt, God. only one at the wedding. And, I, and I, I kept going up to people. I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm the only one who committed to this. And they're like, committed to what? And so I go home, and I, th- I, I, I think— Why my- did you keep the hat on? Once you realize the mistake, why did you keep? Because the <laughs> then he just looks like a shittily dressed person and not somebody. Well, in yeah, costume. then he just looks yeah. like a guy with a bolo tie. That's not as bad as. <laughs> like I think ch- you just wanted to shirt. upstage the bride at her own wedding by showing up in a weird costume. Oh, buddy! Any wedding I'm at, I'm always upstaging the bride. Well, yeah, because you act like a jackass. <laughs> Sounds like you upstaged yeah. yourself on this one. Yeah, well, uh, I checked the invitation, and it uh, it actually didn't say it was a cowboy-themed wedding. It said there were drinks the night before that were at this place that was kind of rustic and cowboy-themed, oh. but they didn't tell anyone specifically to dress like, like a cowboy. It was like Saddle Ranch what was or something? The, and what, what was the word cowboy doing? Uh, they just mentioned that it's a really chill atmosphere. Think cowboys. And and that's all I read. I said I, I read cowboy, and I thought, okay, it's cowboy theme done. Oh my God. And there couldn't have been more than like fifty <laughs> words on the invitation, right? No, and it's like that's the only important thing to get out of a wedding invitation is the dress code. Like, is it formal? Is it not formal? Is it cowboy themed? Like, that's the only the date and the dress code is all you need to look at. Yeah. Well, I didn't. Well, Dick, moving on. Yeah, how'd we do last time? The biggest problem in the universe. From last week was Facebook video followed by... Really? Yeah, Facebook video. Mm. A lot of people... Uh, yeah, you know what? Now you're on the receiving end of something that's a minor annoyance that shouldn't be... Well, I guess... And then followed by banging your funny bone. So... <laughs> pretty big annoyance. <laughs> and then uh, dead last was political satire, which uh, wasn't even a problem. It's got negative three at the time of this recording. Dick, uh, political satire. So... Last episode, it was it was pretty controversial. A lot of people were saying, uh, I guess you and Asterios were saying that uh, John Oliver is a journalist, or he's pretending to be, right? Yeah, I think um, I think him and John Stewart pretend to be journalists. I, I think they they present news. That's not arguable. They present news. People get news from them, and then they inter- intersperse it with the cunty comments. And that's they just they're bad journalists. They're bad journalists who happen to be funny. 
They're not comedians mocking the news. Like Weekend Update on SNL, that's that's like mock that's a mockery of a news program. Well, uh I looked into it and John Oliver cuz I could have sworn he he'd mentioned that he wasn't a journalist. Here's a clip. You're right. I'm not a respected uh, journalist because uh, I'm not a journalist. Are you a journalist? No. No, yeah. I'm not. So no, I'm a comedian. Yeah. Yeah. Now, then he goes and interviews Henry Kissinger or some senator. Like that's that's their ploy. They say that and then they, I, I don't want to, we, I don't want to get into it again. Oh, we're like, getting I just, into it because I, I just disagree some, with. I them. brought some stats, buddy. So there's uh, this guy. His name is Jorge Roman. He sent me an email. Oh. He sent me a link to the Harvard Crimson. Uh, this article called "Political Satire Beyond the Humor." Now, one of the big problems, I guess, uh, Asiris was making, and I guess you were agreeing with him last episode, is that political satire doesn't change anyone's minds. Um, well, I've and- thought about it since too. I think. Um- and I mean, unless you just want to keep rolling with that, I don't necessarily agree with what we were saying last time as it pertains to political satire. Because I, tr- I was trying to think afterwards, like, what is political satire? And then I realized that all of my favorite artistic works are political satire, like Catch Twenty Two, Nineteen Eighty Four. Yeah, that Libertarian Police article. Did you ever read that about? It's like it's like a libertarian dystopia. What oh, would yeah. happen if a cop was like? If the entire government was right. run with these insane libertarian ideas, like the, yeah. the cop is in his car shooting up heroin and he shows up to arrest somebody and yeah. then he has to get paid and he has to put like a quarter in his gun to shoot it. It's hilarious and I love it. Yeah. That's political satire. This, I think this John Oliver, uh, John Stewart thing is a, is a different type of problem. Uh, well, this, uh, the, so one of the things that Asterius kept saying is it doesn't change people's minds. And I kept saying, there's no, you brought in no evidence. This is totally unsubstantiated. Yeah. And one of the comments I kept reading over and over in the comment section, this is how I feel myself, is that it may not necessarily change your mind, but it can get you to, uh, first of all, think about these stories and these issues and then further research them. And I, I found lots of people saying that even though they are not persuaded by political satire, they then do research that does persuade them. Anyway, so this article here from the Harvard Crimson, it's called Political Satire Beyond the Humor. Uh, In January 2012, Stephen Colbert launched the Colbert Super PAC on his late-night talk show, The Colbert Report, lambasting the rules governing formation of and coordination of political action committees. So uh, super committees... The super PACs started uh-huh. uh, becoming thing. They they lessened the legislation. They loosened the laws for the legislation for super PACs, and surprisingly, Colbert succeeded where many authentic news sources have not in explaining the inconsistencies in and implications of laws governing PACs clearly. So that's something that Stephen Colbert was able to do on his program because mm-hmm. he has a comedy show. He's able to come out and say, "Guys, I I'm, I'm creating a super PAC, mm-hmm. and all the money that you donate to me, uh, he was he was lamp he was lampooning." The, the ridiculous rules of super PACs where supposedly they're supposed to be independent of a candidate, right? So anyone can form a super PAC, dump as much money into politics that they want. Sure. And then... Freedom of speech. Because, because they have this rule that says, well, the super PAC can't be can't communicate directly with a politician, right? That's the... Okay. Yeah. And then Stephen Seems Colbert... stupid. Yeah, of course. And like, Stephen Colbert pointed it out specifically by creating a super PAC and then nominating all the funds to go to Jon Stewart. Yeah. And then he would give secret messages on his show to Jon Stewart of what to do because that's exactly what super PACs were doing. Right. It's that's stupid. That is something, that entire procedure is something you would never see on the nightly news. And then they said here, less than half of the viewers of The Daily Show and Colbert Report are liberals. In fact, 38% of the viewers of Colbert Report, as well as 41% of those watching Daily Show, consider themselves independents. 
I think a lot more people nowadays, uh, since they're so disillusioned with uh, both parties, both major parties, they identify as independents a lot more than they used to. I, Back yeah. in like, I think it was like 30 or 40 years ago, it was something like 92% of the U.S. population identified with one party or the other. Yeah. When I was that? that something like 35 to 40 years ago, no, and now it's a lot less. There's yeah. The independent movement has grown a ton. Huh. People Sorry, are very disenfranchised. For sure. Right. I got some, yeah, I got some, um, oh, I got some celebrities calling in, congratulating us on our oh. 100 episodes. So last got time- Got a lot of celebrity listeners to the show. Last time I did this, I asked our comedy friends if they would call in and leave a celebrity voicemail. Do yeah. you remember how well that worked out for me? Right. We got celebrities calling in such as the Emperor from Star Wars. Oh, big celebrity. Right? Big yeah. celebrity. I remember Sean Connery. Uh, he Last called time. in about 70 times. Oh, he did it this time? Uh, no, no, no. He did not call. This time, I think it's even worse. So this time I said, <laughs> well, I'll put it to the fans. Like, they couldn't do a worse job than these comedy guys calling yeah. in with Star Wars references, <laughs> yeah. right? So I put it to the fans. Like, hey, guys, you, why don't you call in this time? Because these comedy guys, they can't do anything right. And they could do it worse. <laughs> they could do it worse, <laughs> as it turns out. Uh, let's see. Oh, wow. Listen to that. Yeah. Who are these guys? Maddox, Dick, it's Al Pacino. <laughs> I listen to your podcast, and it's a huge piece of shit. Al Pacino. Oh, yeah, big, big yeah, fan of the. Thanks a lot. Okay, here, here, here's, here's one. See if you recognize this voice. Hello, this is presidential candidate Bernie Sanders, and this is how I talk. I just wanted to congratulate you both on 100 episodes. Even if there's some conservative rhetoric thrown around here, I do enjoy the banter. I do believe that the bonus episodes are marginalizing the lower and middle class, though. <laughs> bonus episodes should be free to everyone and a basic human right. Dick, your libertarian views can go fuck themselves. Ah, oh. oh, okay. I, that's exactly what I expect Bernie Sanders to say, as a fan and listener of the show. Here's a more recognizable voice for you. Uh, hi, this is Mr. T. I just want to congratulate Dick and Maddox on 100 episodes. And I pity the fool who don't listen to your podcast. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I mean, he got the important parts, right? That's the widest Mr. T I've ever heard. Okay, I'll, I'll play some more of these as we go. I got, um, so Dick, you mentioned Star Wars references. I got yeah. I got a little bit for you. Oh. Yeah. I know you didn't make this. It sounds good. <laughs> wait, you, wait, wait for it. <laughs> you spoke too soon. <laughs> Still sounds good. Yeah, well, buddy, this is, uh, I got the you mother. You kept them all as Dick versus Dick instead of trying to change it. Yeah. That would have been funny. Well, I got the mother of all dick versus dicks Uh-oh. coming up here, all right? A number of people have noticed this. Uh, they sent this in. But uh, I, I found this this old quote uh, from an author, an author who I respect and love. And uh, he said he said this in his book. Is it Maddox? Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is me. Uh, but the other quote is from Dick. Here's what he said in his book. Listen to this. Ever wonder why no one who anyone respects, like Donald Trump, Believes in New Age crap. Oh, I said that. You said that. Oh, that's from your book. Why Men are better than talk women. About Trump. I, I, I said. <laughs> I said Donald Trump in my book. Yeah. 
What if his views have evolved? Uh, no, my views have not evolved. No, they've devolved, Sean. No, trying to give no, you no, no. They've clearly devolved. I wrote that entire book on the liquor. That's when I do my best thinking. That will. Mm-hmm. That's as evolve is the wrong word. I asymptotically approach perfection as I get on the liquor, and that that entire book is as close as you can get. Go, please go ahead. Very debatable about that whole that whole entire statement. But yeah, that's uh, thank you to Alex Bevan for reading that. She sent that in. But uh, yeah, that was <laughs> I can't believe that. Yeah, she, you said <laughs> that's that. Great. I've been a trumpet. I've been a trumpeter for longer than I even no, know. You said you said people who no one respect like Donald Trump believe in new age crap. Yeah, say that again. Here's the cool. Here's the clip. Again. Does he believe in new age crap? Ever no. wonder why no one who anyone respects, like Donald Trump, believes in new age crap? No one who anyone respects, no, like Donald I th- Trump. I think I'm saying he, that Trump no, doesn't no, no. believe in it. Well, I wrote it, so I'll tell you what I meant. Well, I, I'll, here, here's the here, like the full quote. The context was you were talking about why people would read this book, and you were saying women would never read this book because they believe in uh no they, one, they get their inspiration let me read the, the entire context it, it, they no, get their i wrote insp- it i'll tell you what it is no okay, one what? no one who anyone respects meaning respects is the operative word like donald trump who oh, people respects believe that's people not respect. what you said that's Matt, not what you said i have the exact ex- quote wait, you, wait a minute wait a minute you're telling me dick masterson the author of men are better than women would shit on donald trump in a you book did, you are did. you fucking retarded yeah, you the, did. the joke is that i would treat him like a god that's the joke no 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 here why let me would read it, the it's exact not funny quote. if i shit on donald trump in that book the whole point of the book is like ultra hardcore conservative and like worshiping money and business that's not what you said trump is a better character than me here is exactly what you said women feel free to broaden your horizons with other new age monkey shit ever wonder why no one who anyone respects okay no one who anyone respects no, like respects. Your, let, let me finish this let me finish everyone quote. fucking heard you just don't repeat yourself no, because the full quote the full <laughs> quote and context bring here. a linguistic in here the right to bear arms what does that mean okay can i finish this you just you've said it like three no, times i'm reading say the it exact quote go I, ahead i paraphrase here's ahead. the exact here's the exact <laughs> quote ever wonder why no one who anyone respects like your father or donald trump buys into that crap your father i'm equating donald trump to your father right who everyone respects no Shithead. no one respects <laughs> you're, you're you're saying people do respect new age crap or not no i'm saying that you're you need to work on your reading comprehension skills i'm equating father who in the book men are better than women the father is about as respectful as you can get I'm equating your father and Donald Trump the joke there is that I'm implying Donald Trump is my father that's the joke okay good joke <laughs> I got a song here from uh, Victor Anderson uh, check this out. I think you'll like this one Look at this cock. Short. (laughs) Cock is the same size as the balls. (laughs) Cock. Every cock. Balls. Pee hole. Short cock or limp cock, both of which I'm offended by. Good song. Breakdown. Yeah. Oh, is that it? Yeah, that's that's by uh, Victor Anderson. Thank you, Victor. All right, I got another song from Grant Money. Hey, what's up, buddy? 
We're trying to find the biggest problem in the universe. They're medics and they're dick. They're medics and they're dick. One thinks he's a genius, the other's a dick. They're 30-something-year-olds, whitish males. They're medics, they're medics and they're dick, 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 dick. They bitch, complain, and moan And before the time has come Sean deletes the episode Maddox and the dick Yes, Maddox and the dick One is an asshole The other's a prick The problems are the worst In the universe They're Maddox, they're Maddox And they're dick, 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 dick Dick, 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 dick Wow, congrats. Thank you, Grant Mooney. That's your magnum opus. The best thing you've ever done. Easily. Oh, pretty good song. Easily. Of the two things. Oh, okay. I see. Where he's, yeah. yeah. He sounded so angry. Yeah, the yeah. best thing you've ever done <laughs> or will ever do. All right. Yeah. I got way too much shit here. A, a bunch of guests called in to congratulate us. But like, Oh, my gosh. We man, got we so, get, this is so top heavy. Yeah. Uh, we got Why a couple packages, a, too. Let's open them at the end. We get to some problems here. Well, we. what if it's something we can use throughout the episode? Let's okay, let's, look at, let's, let's open look at up a the presents. Thank God what, someone what, what, what? got them because someone forgot to go to the P.O. box to get all these 100th episode presents. <laughs> look at how much barbecue sauce is spilling out of that. Yeah. Um. Oh, wow. We got a lot of packages here. Look at this. These are all gift wrapped. Oh. So you know a girl sent these to us. Yeah, because they're not <laughs> broken all over the box. We got one for Sean. Here you go, Sean. It, it's light. Yeah. Let's see. We got one for Dick. Oh, great. There you go. And a big one for me. Ah, Overcompensating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, big one like my dick. Who is this from? Oh, my God. There's like a note written on the outside of the package here. It's from Samantha and Cameron. Uh, oh, actually, this the big one says it's for Maddox, Dick, and Sean. <laughs> it's on the ground. Here we go. And then there's <laughs> one in here for me, too. It says uh, Maddox from Sam. Maddox, I know how much you love... Lampooning some poor grandma's outdated sense of fashion, Sam. And she sent me this this package here. Let's see what you got. Oh, it's the ugly holiday sweater catalog. It's oh, coloring, uh, from coloring book. Oh, color. Oh, it's a coloring <laughs> no, you're book. Love Fantastic. That. I love it. Perfect. This is exactly what I want. Right, here's coloring my, book. Here's my. Dick, uh, we know you'll enjoy wearing this little number to show your pride in the brand and attract fellow connoisseurs of fine whiskey-based liqueurs. Uh, Cameron and Sam. What's the shirt? It's a t-shirt. Uh, oh, Fireball Whiskey. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> and it's got a piece of cinnamon in it. Let's hey. trade. Let's trade. Uh, you like Fireball Whiskey, and I like you dating 18-year-olds, like- so <laughs> they'll love coloring books. Here's your grandma coloring book. Yeah, Thank perfect. You. Great. I was Thanks, say- Cameron and Sam. That really backfired on you. <laughs> We both are satisfied with We're each other's presence now. Very happy now. Sean, Sean, read your read your card. Okay, it's stuck to the outside of what looks like the smallest Chinese food box I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm seriously, it's got the little metal thing on top and everything. Uh, it says it's from Cameron. It says, Sean, wow, it's been 69 episodes since your last audio engineer oopsie. <laughs> this one's never gonna die. Uh, assuming you haven't had another accident. Uh, since I sent this package. Keep up the good work, sarcastic fucker. Uh, <laughs> it's cursive. It's hard to read. It right? is. Big problem. It's cursive. Yeah. I bought this gift for you, and it goes around the back, in in case you slip up again. Okay. So I'm having trouble reading this. It, like, wraps around the whole fucking package. 
I spared no expense in buying this rare and elusive item. It's like a long email from the past. Yeah. So I won't be surprised if you've never... What is it? I can't it? even see. Seen one before? It's on the bottom of the fucking package now. <laughs> so... <laughs> really had to get all that. Yeah, I really did. What's, so, uh, what's in the package? It is an undelete key. <laughs> a what? That Sh- exists? It's a delete Sh- key with... You scribbled on it. over it. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Now let me let okay. me tell you. I have never seen a more confused look on Sean's face. You've never seen that key before, Sean. Yeah. I haven't. <laughs> well, never have. And then the final package is the big one for all of us. It says, "Well, guys, I trust that you're all content with your personal gifts." It's but- just fucking cursive. We're illiterate. Yeah. <laughs> But episode 100 is extra special, so I've included a bottle of my favorite whiskey. This stuff is near cask strength, so you won't be a pussy if you add ice to your glass to better taste the natural flavors. Keep up the good work, Cameron. P.S. It's a it's a double sided oh sticky God. note. Uh, oh, and I guess I uh, I guess feel free to share this bottle with any special studio audience guests. Get a magnifying glass. Showing you, joeing you, jo- joining you. Okay, Boisterous Coconuts, Dick's Man, Aaron Tillman, Robin Higgins, Tim Changs, etc. Since they are probably feeling pretty bummed out and jealous about not getting a cool personal gift. And the whiskey is... Stranahan's Colorado Whiskey. Stranahan's Colorado Whiskey. Oh. That looks really good. It's a, It's got a nice amber color to it. <laughs> I'm not a big enough alcoholic to be able to identify whiskey by sight. <laughs> but take your lie word. You're working it. on it. Why would you lie? Yeah. Why would be, that be the one lie you tell on the show, Dick? <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, and then the final. Oh my God! There's another card. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's it. That's it. Two Who's sentences it? max. From my, now on. My fiance no and I reading. are big fans of the podcast and wanted to send you the gifts to you in honor of episode 100. I recommend opening the big box last. Oh, okay. that's what we did. Great. Assuming it is still intact, Cameron and Sam. P.S. I promise it's neither severed head or a weapon. Awesome. Thank well, you. thank well, you Thank guys. you very much. Thanks, Sam. Fuck you, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> we get another one? Okay. We got one more package. We'll open it up at the end of the show. So the show's already very top-heavy. Yep. Uh, let's get to the problems, yeah? Yeah, go ahead. All right, guys. Big, big 100th episode. These, this, these are problems we've been saving for a hundred episodes. Right, right. Uh huh. Go ahead. Because Easily. we just thought of them at 99. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sean. This is one I've wanted to bring in for a long time because I truly believe this is the biggest problem in the universe. If uh-huh. you were to come to me and say, Maddox, independently of your dipshit listeners, <laughs> I want you to go through this list and sort them. It, from the biggest to smallest, mm-hmm. I'd say I'd say about five of the top ten are about accurate. Uh, but oh, on our list already? Uh, no. Well, yeah. Of the problems we brought in, yes. Okay. Of the problems we brought in, yes. Of the okay. of the problems in the universe, no. Because specifically of the problem I'm bringing in today. Okay. All right. The biggest problem in the universe: asteroids. Oh, the video game? No, <laughs> no, Dick. Uh oh. Asteroids, the rock. <laughs> hurtling through space. Hurtling through space. Yeah. Rocks hurtling through space. Big problem. It is a really big problem. Mm-hmm. I yeah, like this one guys. already. Yeah? Do you yeah, show yeah. No, for real. Okay, good. Because it is, it is uh, in my estimation, n- there is no bigger problem in the universe for life than asteroids. Okay. Because asteroids have the potential to wipe out 100% of life yeah. on any planet. And we don't even know that there is life on other planets except for microbes on Mars. And who gives a shit about them? You think there's life on other planets? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. It's likely. Wow. Um, 
I'm gonna go definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah. they they found. I think they they confirmed microbes from Mars. They found they found that. So we we really? know for a fact. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. There is life on other planets, but asteroids can wipe all of them out. So these asteroids that can come and wipe out all the Earth, they're called extinction level asteroids. Yeah. Those are ones that can that can devastate. Those are those are basically the ones that wipe out the dinosaurs. Yeah. That wiped out, I believe, like 70 percent of the life on Earth at that time. Oh, uh, only sixty to seventy. Right. Oh, that was still. Well, no. I don't know. Then that's not. You said hundred percent at first. Well, well something, you, something had to survive. Depends yeah. on the si- well. Depends on the size of the asteroid. If it was bigger, it could potentially have wiped out. It could have shattered our planet. I mean, it could it could potentially wipe out everything. Everything. Okay. But that asteroid, the size that it was, so um, there was an asteroid, uh, Dick. First of all, uh, the dino killer is estimated to have been between 5 and 15 kilometers. That's 3 to 10 miles. That's not that big. That's an asteroid. You can find, I mean, that's 3 to 10 miles. Like, we're not even talking about moon size here. Yeah. 3 to 10 miles. It's like from the, the, uh, the distance to what? Here to Disneyland, isn't it? Those dinosaurs were <laughs> assholes, though. Yeah. No. Are you, why don't you bring them in as a problem? Mm, well, we don't know. No need, because thankfully that wonderful asteroid came along and fixed that problem for us. Oh, yeah? You think so? Those dinosaurs you know are going around eating people left and right. Why would you say from here to Disneyland? I don't know. What's the di- What is <laughs> That's, that's like not, not even close. miles, no. Oh, 13. <laughs> well, an asteroid of that size would sure as shit wipe out Earth. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. But that was only 5 to 10 miles. Okay, guys, um, here, are, here are some odds for you, This uh, some statistics, oh, right? Oh, great. Uh, <laughs> that'll, that'll really make this problem fun. <laughs> Fuck you. What are your stats? Like how likely it is to get hit by an asteroid? Well, here's the thing. Considering considering asteroids, like, bro, wait a minute. Let me, let me, I'm sorry for interrupting. You need a new fucking printer. I know. Look it's at this. Fun, these, it's hard. You got all these great jokes and statistics, yeah. but it's it's printed out like a psychopath. It's printed out, and and then it's like you took out half of it with an eraser. I know. It's hard. It's hard to read this this uh, fucking. <laughs> Randy, can you figure out the printing situation? I mean, we've got to deliver the jokes. The jokes have to be inputted into the computer and then printed out and then read into the microphone. There's a problem with that that, that system. Yeah, right? Randy, buy me a new printer. All right. So anyway, um, so that asteroid that wiped out the dinosaurs, only three to ten miles, five to t- five to fifteen kilometers. That's not that big, guys. There's uh-huh. way bigger asteroids. The odds of dying from an asteroid are uh-huh. actually. Pre, uh, like higher than you would think. They're higher than yeah. If, if they're z- over zero, that's way higher than I think. You think it's zero, really? Of getting killed by an asteroid? Yeah. Yes, it's never happened to anybody. Okay, Dick. Here's some basic math. Okay. Here's here's how you figure this. Here's how you figure this out. The odds of uh, an asteroid impact impacting Earth uh-huh. is one hundred percent. It's going to happen because it's happened before. Okay. And it's just it, we we know it's going to happen. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. And one of those asteroids. The odds that it be that it is the size of wiping out all of Earth is also one hundred percent. It's going to it. it <laughs> so that's the odds that you needed to read off the printer paper. No, no, one hundred percent. Well, they calculated they calculated the risk of dying of different sizes of asteroids. Okay, and, good, good, uh, good. The the odds of dying by a terrorist attack is like one in eighty thousand in the U.S. Assuming uh, really, that seems high. Well, that's assuming nine eleven in your in your lifetime. Assuming another nine eleven. Another nine eleven yeah. in your lifetime. Without nine eleven, it's in the millions. It's actually really. Low. It's actually still seems high, right? One in yeah, yeah, it is. Because more toddlers have killed people than terrorists. Sure, Americans sure. than terrorists. I wish they didn't include the nine eleven stats in here because that's such an anomaly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the asteroid impact more likely. You're more likely to die from an asteroid one in seven hundred twenty thousand. 
Uh, and that's that's of all sizes, assuming that it wipes out all life on Earth. And amusement park rides, one in 1.1 million. So you're more likely to die from an asteroid than an amusement park or terrorism. Okay, wait a minute. Pretend that I'm retarded. Okay, done. <laughs> You'd have to ask how, me to stop to pretend. How is that remotely possible that the odds of dying from an asteroid attack are higher than dying on a ride at Disneyland or are in you, a terrorist attack. Are you talking about a function of like over millions of years or since there, it is definitely going to happen at some yeah. point? You're not talking about in our lifetime. That can't, doesn't yeah, make sense. Yeah, I'm definitely not dying from an asteroid. Well, they take the the total average casualty, right? Uh, the, the casualty rate of an asteroid impact and then they amortize that over Got the, the over time Over how period. many years? Well, it depends. The size of the asteroid. It's so a big if though. Got it. Dino, dino size asteroids. Actually, the biggest threat to Earth are Apollo asteroids. Apollo asteroids are ones that have Earth-crossing orbits. And those are the ones that uh, obviously wiped out the dinosaurs. Those are dino killers. And they say those come by once every 100,000 years or so. Ah, okay. okay. It's been, we're long overdue. We're seven times more likely today than we were when the dinosaurs were extinct of getting another one of these asteroids. We're just due for one. Wasn't there one that came by, like, in the scope of the universe by, like, a hair? I mean, I know it's like, it was like hundreds of thousands of miles. Yeah, it was like hundreds of thousands of miles, I think, but it was fairly recently. I remember reading something Mm -hmm. about that. It was in the scope of, you know, how large things are. It wasn't that far. No, you're right, Sean. I have it right here. It, uh, It happened in 2012. We had a near miss in 2012 where an asteroid came within 40,000 miles of Earth. And here's the big problem with that. We didn't see it until two days before. That's like from here to Disneyland. Yeah, I remember <laughs> couldn't even <laughs> see that. <laughs> hey, I can't see it. Must be the same distance. Yeah, 40,000 miles. I think the equator of the Earth is like 25,000 yeah, miles. Yeah, 25,000 miles around. So it came pretty fucking close. Pretty close. Pretty fucking close. You they, know that my friend works on the asteroid detection system? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. He's got a whole big, great scam cooked up. They're buying all these expensive telescopes, and then they don't throw in, like, using the telescopes in the first grant. So they build all the telescopes. they like, well, you're going to have to give us more money because we didn't put all the salaries of all the scientists that got to look through all the telescopes <laughs> in the first grant. So he's always flying around trying to, you know, gin up cash for yeah. this big scam that he's Those got. Those scientists, big scammers. They're yeah. just trying to save all of humanity with these telescopes. <laughs> no, they, but but that's the point. I'm, I'm like, so what do you do if, if you find one? He's like, I don't know. That's not in the grant. Well, like, so, right, well send, send me a text. If you see one, send me a text before you send everyone else so I can get started on the looting early. So where were you on that one, dipshit? <laughs> yeah. Dick, don't you see? This is exactly why this is such a big problem because everyone kind of jokes about it. Everyone thinks, okay, well, what happens if you detect an asteroid? That's the rub. We don't know. We don't have a plan. We have a couple of theories and a a couple of silly movies that came out in the 90s, Armageddon and Deep Impact with some hokey bullshit. those were not silly. Okay. Well, we had the... We had how these movies. Dare you. We had these movies. The scientists have been trying to grapple with how to best uh, tackle this problem for yeah. a long time. Yeah. And people don't really have an answer because we've never done it before. So we only have basically one shot. If we find an asteroid within two days, it's going to strike Earth. And by the way, we were lucky to notice that two days before. Sometimes these asteroids are really dark bodies and we just don't see them because they don't reflect a lot of light. They have an iron core or they're very, very dark, very dense metallic heavy objects that are floating through space just floating death coming into our atmosphere to destroy all life and you think oh well when's the last time that happened 1908 shitheads what do you mean 1908 over siberia yep the tunguska event of 1908 i first learned about that from ghostbusters believe it or not 
Uh, oh, yeah, I remember that scene. That line at the end of the movie, yeah. I think this is from BBC. It says, One of the last significant impacts occurred June 30th, 1908, when an asteroid or comet exploded 6.2 miles above a secluded forest in Tunguska, Siberia, flattening oh. trees over an area of 625 square miles, or 1,600 square kilometers. Hmm. 625 square miles, that's huge, huge which surprisingly few people cared about at the time due to the remoteness of the region and the fact that there seemed to have been no casualties. However, hmm. and this is from BBC, however, it says calculations suggest that if it, if it had landed four hours and 47 minutes later, it would have hit St. Petersburg. And according to estimates, such an airburst occurring over New York could cost $1.19 trillion to insurers and property damage. <laughs> what about the people? Not to mention ca- <laughs> causing, causing, causing approximately 3.2 million fatalities and 3.76 <laughs> million injuries. Whoa. So if that, so if an asteroid that happened in 1908 yeah. exploded over New York, right. it would take out 3 million people. 3 million people. Damn. And 3.76 million injuries is what they're estimating. All right, well, how much does it cost to get rid of all these asteroids? What do we do? And and by the way, smart they, guy, this estimation, uh, Dick, with the $1.2 trillion, that's yeah. that's just estimate property damage. Uh, not da- not yeah, estimate. I don't care about that. Yeah, not estimate to our economy or anything else. I mean, I think it'd be a big boom. For the economy, yeah. Broken, right. <laughs> be a giant broken window. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my. Did you mean the pun, God. the boom from the asteroid, or did you just mean both. the? Okay. Yeah. Both. Uh, so what do we do? Wait, can we talk we, about that more? We, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we have to invest everything we got and make this priority number one today to solve this problem to put into earth a defense system against fucking asteroids we worry so much about terrorism and gun mm. violence and roller coaster rides and seat belts no. and all this other shit whatever we're worrying about is peanuts compared to this problem and it's going to take unfortunately the smoking gun that the, is going to be it's going to be an asteroid coming into our atmosphere and killing people before people take this seriously and i mm. hope it's not a big one because if it, if it is that's it we're fucked and we may be Look, I believe that life is probably plentiful, plentiful in, in the universe. However, intelligent life, life that evolves, life that gets uh, a culture and language and satellites and rocket ships and ability to travel to stars and dif- distant planets, I think those are pro- probably pretty rare. Wait, we really? Be, How yeah. rare? Well, What's according, your Drake equation estimate? Uh, yeah, according to the Drake equation, it. most scientists put their estimates at about one, which means that it's likely that they exist. However, if they're plentiful in a universe so vast, we'd probably have heard from one of them by now. Because no. of radio, because of radio signals, radio. No, radio signals die off really fast, though. I mean, there's you're talking about like the Great Filter. There's a lot of reasons for that, but uh, like, I want to know what your gut feeling is on how many alien, like how many weird four-headed aliens there are to be Star Trekky out in the universe. I think until you think we'll ever meet one. Uh, boy, a lot that's of, hard lot of that's, problems. Uh, that's hard to say. It, I mean, the conquering interterrestrial travel is a non-trivial problem mm-hmm. it's a real significant problem that we have not overcome we need a lot of energy or to figure out wormholes and by the way theoretically speaking if we want to create a wormhole that's going to take about about the amount of energy in our entire sun we have to convert well, suns into we, we need kim jong-un for what oh, to do any of to this explore. he's the man who can do it 
Why? Well, he has a, he has a deity. Well, he's yeah, he's oh, because sure. he's, he's, he's exploding nuclear weapons. He's doing all this stuff. That, um, I don't. He can't launch a rocket more than five feet. But my, so my personal it. belief, my personal belief that uh, my my Drake equation is about 0.75. So if you guys don't know what the Drake equation is, look it up. It's basically well, you take a bunch of variables yeah. into consideration on how likely it is for a planet to exist that could harbor life. How likely it is for that planet to. Or excuse me, for that life to evolve, how likely it is to for them to survive themselves so yeah. they don't destroy the, each other in a nuclear holocaust like we almost did. Um, how likely it is for them to survive other interplanetary incidents and how likely it is for them to develop technology to communicate and whether or not they are willing to communicate. That's another factor. So you, you, you plug in all these variables and you come up with a number uh, either less than one or greater than one, right. but around one. Okay. And one is one says that it's likely, um, I think, and then less than one means slightly less likely. I think it's like like 0.75. I think one per supercluster of you, of galaxies. Do you think they'll be hot? The aliens? Yeah. Only one way to that'd find be, out. That'd be such a big disappointment. Like we found aliens and then you see their women. And you're like, God damn it. You know what I believe? I th- I believe your penis doesn't lie. When you look at something or someone, it's true. right? It's not the culture has has hammered us with some notion of what's hot or what's not. No, nope. I trust my penis. Yeah, if it moves, it moves, mm-hmm. and that's what orientation I am. If I, if I see a nude guy and I get a boner, I'm like, well, maybe I'm gay. I don't know. Wow, I hope someone remixes that. <laughs> so what's what's the you just said you, that we should be dumping all of our money yes. into the asteroid? So priority cancel, number one: cancel Planned Parenthood immediately. Put all that money. <laughs> Right? Actually, just just take some of our fucking bloated defense budget and put it towards asteroid, asteroid defense. And then it has to be an international solution because if, if we create our own solution for knocking out asteroids, yeah. Russia's going to be like, hey, what are you building those nukes for? And we tell them, oh, asteroids. And they're like, yeah, sure, buddy. We're going to build our own, quote, asteroid nukes, right? Yeah. And then you're, you're going to have an arms race. This has to be an international consortium an international coalition okay there has to be a world government a new oh, world a new world see. order i would say <laughs> you are not selling this problem well. a big world but here's the thing man once we get interterrestrial or intergalactic problems that we have yeah. to contend with i think humans will really fucking shape up real quick and realize guys it's no longer us versus mexico or us versus them or, or europe it's or us whatever versus the universe it's us versus and the universe. mexico they're like the mexico of space <laughs> And Mexico. That's right. We can put rocket ships on Mexico. Just launch the whole fucking thing. Save money on on walls. Dick. What? Huh? If we launch Launching, Mexico into space? Oh yeah, sure. Meg- let me <laughs> let me talk you down from the hysteria for a second. Uh, okay. So let's say a reasonable way to to not get hit by an asteroid is not with nukes. Is to send out like. Um, Send out a bunch of satellites and use orbitable, orbital momentum to knock it off track, right? Send out a bunch of little spacecrafts, have them whiz around the thing, and they use their own momentum to pull the asteroid away from impacting the Earth, right? So you're saying if we detected an asteroid coming towards Earth, you would yeah. launch an, an aircraft to try to orbit the asteroid and then use it— use Oh, the- I'm describing a real thing, that, like a plan, to get rid of an asteroid. I know, but I'm asking what that plan is. You're yeah. saying that the, the aircraft would orbit the asteroid mm-hmm. and try to slingshot it with its gravity away from yeah, the Yeah, so right? you get, when it goes, you know, when it goes onto the far side of the asteroid, you fire on the afterburners, whatever, and pull, using gravity, it kind of pulls the asteroid off track. Sure. Right, eventually. Like our own moon does. Moon's slinging around all the time, always changing where the center of mass is from like yeah. 10 billion yeah. light years out. Okay, 
How far away do we need to see that asteroid come? We don't need all this new world government and all this nonsense. We just need a, we just need enough time to get these things, get these guys up there, right? Right. You're whipping everybody up into a frenzy over these asteroids. Well, all I'm saying but, is all we need is some telescopes. Well, sure, Dick. I mean, that's a great solution for an asteroid you see coming a month away or two months away, or you can predict coming years, years away, right? Years, right? Years, years. Sure. That could be that could be a great solution for an asteroid like that, but. The asteroids, like in 2012, the one that we saw with a two-day notice, yeah. that's not going to happen. That's not a good plan. What do you got? Nukes? No, you can't nuke an asteroid no, you out can't. of space. Well, you're, that's that, that's our best plan, honestly. Like today, right now, our government, the best course of action that we possibly have is nukes against an asteroid. And by the way, the Tunguska event, that uh-huh. asteroid, is estimated to have been 10 meters big. Or 32.8 feet. 32.8 feet would have caused uh-huh. $1.2 trillion in damage and over... What was it? Three million casualties and three Whoa. million injuries. That that was a ten foot asteroid. So you launch a nuke into space, knock out this giant fucking colossal asteroid. Then what? Anything bigger than tw- ten, than ten feet that enters our atmosphere is still gonna fucking wreak havoc on Earth. Mm-hmm. This is a huge problem. It's the biggest problem in the universe. What if you send up a bunch of guys who could drill into it <laughs> and then put the nuke in it? You know that might that plan just might work, yeah, Dick. Right. With the it's right better men. than your plan. <laughs> What's my plan? I like said a plan. weird new world government and canceling <laughs> Planned Parenthood. I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> I want to see the candidates asked about this. About the asteroid about attack? About the, the whole, yeah, what yeah, would yeah. you do? I just want to see what they'd say. Yeah. It's a huge problem, man. No, but uh, all joking aside, this is we, we do have to have government cooperation because you can't have one government yeah. independently creating nukes and then telling everyone else that it's for asteroids. But why do you think it's nukes? Nukes aren't going to do anything. What else have we got? The, the orbital momentum thing. No, no, well, look, we're look. talking about we're talking about near, uh, we, we're talking about short notice asteroids. Nukes what are do you have? not going to do that. Well, what do you got? What's the solution? Dig a hole and get convince a bunch of broads to get in there with me. That's a better solution <laughs> right. than yours. Maybe what they need to do is dig a hole right through Earth so there's a hole that the asteroid can pass right yeah, through. Yeah, <laughs> now, you're, now you're thinking. Uh, some of the plans that people have proposed for asteroids is to paint the side of the asteroid. Yes. Uh, but that again, that's a long distance plan because if you see an asteroid coming years away and you you see you know yeah. it's going to cr- cross the Earth's trajectory, you can paint the asteroid white mm-hmm. or something reflective so that enough sunlight makes that asteroid slightly push out of our orbit's sure. way. And it's not much; you don't have to push these things a lot out of our way, but uh, just enough. No, sh- that would work. That would work. Yeah, yeah. theoretically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, scientists- because of the color. Yeah, because enough light would bounce off of that thing. It basically works like a solar sail. There are some theories out there on building spacecraft using uh, the sun's photons as a kind of a sail, a sailboat, like a sail ship. Uh, And uh, you would constantly get uh, energy from the sun, except the, the problem with that is that you have the the R squared drop off. Like as the further away you get from the sun source, the less you're gonna get uh, hitting your sail and eventually you'll run out of steam. But uh, yeah, there are some there are a lot of things. You get out there. to do all that painting. Space Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. That's my problem. Biggest problem in the universe, asteroids, I think. All right, it's a big problem. Thanks. Uh, I'm going to play some of these some of these congratulations from our from former guests. Randy sent out to our former guests to oh. call us and congratulate. Great, let's hear it, yeah. I want to play one from Ali Hassanin. That, is it Hassanin or Hassanin? Uh, I think Hassanin. Whoa, I was way off. Great thumbnails. Yeah. Oh my God, that guy does amazing thumbnails. He he did an amazing uh, art piece for to celebrate the 100th episode. I'll put it up on the site after this, but here's here's his uh, congratulations. Hey, everybody. Ali Hassanin here. This is how I talk. And 
just here to congratulate you on 100 weekly episodes of the podcast. It's a really awesome job you guys do. And I guess now I'll get back to painting Maddox in various costumes all day. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Smart. Back to doing that. Who else do you want cool. to hear? Thanks, Denzel. Allie. Yeah. Wait, do you have the artwork here in the studio? No, I don't have it. Oh, he hasn't sent it in yet. No, uh, Ali, by email. the way, guys, he's made some of the best thumbnails on this show. We've had a lot of really talented people work on them. Jessica Saffron, Ali Hassanin, and then uh, who else? We've had uh, we have we've Jack had, Tubbs. Yeah, Jack Tubbs. Clay Rodery. Clay Rod. That's Amazing. the other one I was trying to remember. Clay, yeah, sure. incredible, incredible artwork. You guys, thank you so much for your hard work and dedication. I'm going to play this one from uh, fan, a fan favorite. Tim Yo, congrats to everyone at the Biggest Problem Podcast for making it to episode 100. Now, I'm going to give you all a little sneak peek of something I've been working on since it's your 100 episode. Sneak peek of a Tim Chains album coming this summer. Made up, you's a bitch. Made up, you's a bitch. Bitch, 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 go fuck yourself. Made up, you oh, a fucking right. bitch. This is, Made up, this is hateful. By a rhino I'll sue you. In the asshole. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. Please visit harrys.com and use the promo code BIGGESTPROBLEM to save $5 off your first purchase. Everybody's using Harry's. We're all using Harry's on this show, right? Yeah. The quality of the blade, the quality of the blade is better. This is the entire appeal of the product to me. It's a, a better shaving experience than anything I've ever used before. Why pay $32 for an eight-pack of blades when you can get them for half the price at harrys.com? The Harry Starter Set is an amazing deal. For just $15, you get... A razor, moisturizing shave cream, and three razor blades. How about that? Dick, there's a promo going on, too. I don't know if you know about this, but, uh, you know, I know they're sponsors of our show, and sometimes they send us free product, but I actually purchased some Harry stuff recently. Really? I've been, Yeah, I've just been buying it, because there's a really good promo going around, too, where I think if you invite a friend, you can get it basically for the cost of shipping, which is like three bucks. You'll get uh, you'll get Harry oh. sent right to your doorstep. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, it's a really good, good deal. deal, guys. Yeah. Then you can shave together. Friends who shave together stay together. True, that's right? true. That's, that's the true. saying. Mm -hmm. Go right now. Over a million guys have already made the switch. They got factory direct prices. Cut out the middleman. Ships right to your door. You don't have to screw around at the drugstore. And they sell their their blades for half the price. The leading brand. Okay. Um, Fantastic. A, Thank you, Harry's, for supporting our show. Thanks for making this possible, guys. Really appreciate it. We got a huge, huge event here, don't we? Oh, boy. We've been yeah. waiting 100 episodes. Mm-hmm. For well, what's about to happen. To, technically, we waited only 50 episodes for it to happen. We've been waiting 50 <laughs> episodes for this to happen, haven't we, Sean? We have. We've been waiting a long time. We've gotten, what would you say, a thousand requests for what's about to happen? Or I've gotten a lot of emails. I think thanks to you, mostly. Well, who can mm -hmm. say? Yeah. Who can say? We don't have a control. Yeah. Somebody might have told everyone to email you, telling you to bring in a problem. Or they might no, have done it on their own. There's I, no way to find out. I did get those anyway. Okay. Sean, you want a drum roll for your problem? Your well, big, no, wait, your a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait oh. a minute. Because last time we did this, you deleted the problem. Sneakily. Uh-huh. I want to no, make I, sure. I, I asked. You, well, <laughs> you asked like the mafia asks. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, so I brought in. Someone to help you keep your nerve up. Someone you know for this problem okay. to encourage you. I just have to bring in something I care about. No, no, no. I brought in Cool Sean. Oh, cool Sean has oh. some encouraging words for you. Oh, let's see what Cool Sean yeah. This is what, this is what Cool this. Sean has to say. Phenomenal. You can do it, Sean. I believe in you. <laughs> now you have to believe in yourself. 
Oh, wow. Does that help? What a great voice. Yeah. yeah. Cool Sean. So if you ever feel like you're like it's starting to fall apart, just tell me, and I'll play you some encouragement from Cool Sean. Oh, don't worry. This problem right. is all about falling apart. <laughs> Sean with the zinger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We got to use that as a drop throughout the rest of the show forever. That's fantastic. Uh, I, I'm already sick of it. <laughs> I got one more. Hold on. You're the real cool Sean to me. Now, don't delete yourself. Yeah, don't delete yourself. <laughs> All right, Sean, drum roll. Yeah. You want your, you want drum roll for your problem? Thanks, cool Sean. Uh, do whatever you want to do. Here you go, Sean. <laughs> the, your big problem debut is... And he's drinking, drinking like Rubio drinking. over there, having a swig of water during a drum roll. Doesn't even want the drum roll at first. Only man in the world, hey, you want a drum roll? I don't care. Okay, go. I thought you were going to keep going. How long do you want that drum roll? I don't know, man. I'm milking this for all it's worth. Okay. All right. All right, Sean. Yeah, What's big, your problem? Biggest problem in the universe is crew neck t-shirts. You're blowing it, Sean. <laughs> Crew neck t-shirt. Is it really? Is no. that your problem, Sean? No, Another okay. Sean with a zinger. Yeah. You know what? Dick wanted me to bring that in. <laughs> really? He's yeah, like, it would be problem. such a fuck you to the listeners. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what you said. Oh, man. No, uh, for real, my biggest problem is addiction. Hey! <laughs> okay. Okay. This Big may be uncomfortable. <gasps> yeah. For who? For, <laughs> for somebody sitting here. Um... I, right. I, I look around the room and I see four men sweating. So possibly oh all of us. Hmm. <laughs> no, this is something that I, it's really the only thing I wanted to bring in because I know it really well. It's all throughout my family, including myself. Um, let me just get some boring stats out of the way. I just Because stats are really impersonal. I don't think anybody doesn't think this is a problem. No, and all stats are lies. In 100% this, of the things you just said is false. <laughs> they're very hard to quantify in, in this. Well, but, so, sometimes it gives you it gives you a perspective. It lets you know exactly how big a problem is uh, compared to something else. Like, for example, asteroids, you're more likely to die from one from a, <laughs> than a shark attack. Than That's heroin. a fucking fact. That's a fucking fact. Vote yeah, down sharks, yeah. vote up asteroids. Anyway, so you were saying, Sean. I just read something about uh, to be killed in a shark attack is something like one in 243 million. Yeah, it's, to be it's, killed. Oh, you're you're dodging the subject now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, so let me just let's uh, get just, into just this. a little real simple background. Yeah, yeah, there is okay. so much uh, literature on this; it's ridiculous. For sure, this is all from Wikipedia because literally half of the addiction page is references, like citing studies and published. There's, there's a it, it's, yeah. it's incredible. It's mm. been studied incredibly. So, okay, addiction is considered a disease and or a biological process or a disorder. It's a disorder of the brain's reward system after exposure to chronically high levels of an addictive stimulus. Huh. Um, so that's they, they, weird when they call it a disease. Yeah, well, disease. Is, it, is it a disease? Okay. Personally, I have a little bit of an issue with that. I prefer disorder because I can't put a kid with leukemia on the same level as something that you can avoid. That you can just or, stop doing. Yeah, wow, right? yeah. Even though sometimes it probably feels like you can't just stop doing, and yeah. if you're really bad, it's dangerous just to stop doing it. Hmm. I mean, right? Like cold turkey. Like uh, you know, if you're if you're a really bad alcoholic, to stop, you may go into like seizure and death. Yeah, yeah. But that's, what if you're like, that's an extreme case. What if you look at like a just a ton of porn? And you're like, oh, man, I got to look at some porn today. I'm yeah. starting to get the vapors. Well, in that case, you, you know, you may. You laugh, but it's a thing, man. No, your boner yeah. may explode yeah. if you don't regularly what? look at 
I, I just read about what a way to go. You know, so I don't want to derail your whole thing, Sean, with another with, with another as penis he opens anecdote. a bottle of liquor in front <laughs> of your face. By the way, yeah, I'm thirsty. Um, it doesn't bother me a bit. No, but here's here's the thing. I just read. I don't want to derail the whole thing with another penis anecdote. But I did read about uh, uh, penises where they stay erect for too long. That you know that four hour thing, whatever. What can happen Pride is. We, what's it called? Priapism. Priapism. That's what it Priapisha, is. Priapisha, yeah. I think. Or, yeah. yeah, maybe. Priapism. No, it is. I think Pri- you're right. Priapisha is what you put on your pubes. No, Pisha <laughs> actually <laughs> is like hair. Isn't <laughs> Thanks, it? Dick. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, what happens is the blood in your in your penis because it's not being circulated uh, gets cut off from oxygen and starts coagulating, and then it can't get it can't uh, be released from the normal valve that it gets mm-hmm. out of, and so your your penis sits there. It gets really painful and uncomfortable. And you can even lose your penis. You have to get it drained uh, manually by a doctor. They, and they, it's not <laughs> fun. Why do you nurse. know? Wait a minute. Why do you know so much about this four-hour erection shit? That's weird. <laughs> well, yeah. Those fucking Canadian, <laughs> that reaction is further weird. Why those do you know so much about this four-hour erection Those Canadian thing? pharmacies, am I right? <laughs> No, because I just watched a video on YouTube about this. But uh, <laughs> the long erect penises? <laughs> no, it's talking about a, a, there's a spider in Brazil that causes priapism. Oh, okay. Yeah, anyway. Are you trying to import them? Put them on your website? <laughs> okay. Sean. So, yeah, going back to the disease disorder, yeah. call it whatever you want. I know it can, you know, medically be classified as a disease. Like I said, I made the, the uh, you know, five-year-old with leukemia versus, you know, an adult who's ultimately you're responsible for what you do. Mm-hmm. It, you may have gotten there for a number of reasons. They think uh, that about 50, anywhere from 40 to 60% of it is genetic and the rest is environmental, which has always made perfect sense to me. I, I never understood the nature versus nurture argument. 30 you know, to you, 40% genetic? You know, they think 40 to 60% genetic. So they basically put it somewhere around 50-50. And here's the, ge- the genetic That's factor weird. is uh, a gene transcription uh, called Delta Fos B, which is a critical component and factor in virtually all forms of addiction. Uh, hmm. um, so there is so abs- there is a genetic factor. Absolutely for sure. a genetic factor. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, actually, the, good news. <laughs> Don't not my fault. The Delta, yeah, it's your fucking fault, Dick. The Delta Fos B. <laughs> my is, jeans crashed my car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's used as an addiction biomarker. The Delta okay. Fos B. So can you scan people in advance and say like, boom, you're you're going to be an addict? Uh, possibly so. Oh, not right. go, not going to be because that's where the environmental part comes in. Yeah, you just just whether or not you have the proclivity to become an addict. Right. Uh, okay. They think a lot of people start because it's like a coping mechanism for growing up in a dysfunctional family. Like, ah, tell like, me about like, it. Like mine. Yeah. <laughs> so Sean, yeah, I want to hear about your addiction. You you said you you have addiction in your family and you you dealt with it yourself. What are you yeah. addicted to? Like smelling dryer sheets. <laughs> <laughs> so. I think I wanted to stay away from the stats because I yeah. think they're they're really impersonal, and uh, I'd rather focus more on how it affects uh, relationships and people's families and things like that. Well, with a problem like addiction, for sure. We all think it's a huge problem because we're all either affected by it directly or indirectly by somebody we know. I think and almost you can't every- fix it. Well, you can fix it. That's just, you can no. absolutely. You what, can. You, you can fix addiction. Yeah, people have. There are a lot of people who've overcome their addiction. That I know. doesn't mean fixed. I, no. I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, you mean you mean if they if they try whatever Asteroid, it is, you blow it out of the sky. Addiction has a demon in all of us. Well, I have a I have a buddy of mine who was addicted to uh, heroin. He was a, a huge drug addict, uh, alcohol, everything. A huge, huge problem. And he's been sober. He just celebrated his. 14 year 14th year of sobriety uh last week 
mm-hmm. which is a fantastic. I mean, that to me is you've solved the problem. Whatever the problem is, I mean, addiction on the underlying problems of addiction, which is whatever compulsion you may have genetically pre- to be predisposed to doing it, uh, may still exist. But the conditions under which you can become an addict can be solved. Sean, I'd like to hear your opinion on that. You know, they say once an addict, always an addict. But yeah, you learn how to live sober. You learn how to be comfortable with all the different aspects of your life. There's a lot of reasons why people may start. A lot of times, yeah, they consider it a coping mechanism. And those people who are genetically predisposed to it, um, you know, are very likely to become addicts, alcoholics, you know, what have you. But as far as, or what are you saying? Are you saying you're talking about just the person or the relationships being repaired? I'm saying the reason that we immediately react to thinking it's a huge problem is because it's not something that's easily curable. It's something that's totally out of everyone's control except for the person who's addicted. Yeah, they well it's oh. a lot more fright it's a lot more frightening than what the stats say. Yeah, no, it is. It's out of everybody else's control yeah. except that person. Absolutely. And that's where the that's where the a lot of addicts and alcoholics have kind of like a victim mentality, which I can relate to where it's like you know, almost like you caused me to do this or, you know, when I was the lowest, like you left or, you know, it's, um, they say that, uh, alcoholics and addicts, they don't have relationships. They have hostages. Huh. That's and that's an interesting. There's a lot yeah. of truth to that because you, as a family member, you feel terrible. You feel like you're abandoning. What are you going to do? That was insightful as hell, Sean. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Look at him. He, he knows me so well, doesn't he? <laughs> okay, please That's continue. You, you, I, you've got a fucking grab bag full of those, don't yeah. you? I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, that was insightful. So, so, Sean and Dick, I disagree with most of what you guys are saying. Wait, uh, what? What? <laughs> what? Wait, wait. You, you weren't finished with the hostage part, were you? I would say as as family members or friends of that person, it's really hard to walk away because you feel like I've got to do everything I can, but you end up getting pulled down by them. And yeah. I know that from relationships and like a healthy person, they won't allow themselves to be to be caught up in that. You, you can support that person uh, as much as you can. You can offer them all the help, but ultimately but you get boiled slowly. Yeah. You're pulled in yeah. a little bit, That's helping right. here and there, That's sending right. them a text, asking them if they're okay. It all adds up. Well, guys, so this is this is the thing I disagree with. I I totally agree with that. It is like uh, you know holding your friends hostage. It's like a hostage situation more than friendship. But here's here's the here's the problem. I think that we are viewing addiction in a totally wrong way because of that study that I mentioned in the bonus episode one thirty three on our website. Check it out. Yep, it helps support the show. Thank you guys. Um, But the the I, I linked to that video. Did you watch the video, Dick? No, or Sean? God, no. Uh, I don't just, watch no, videos. I, I didn't. Video. I just heard. I just heard what you said, and I think that is a huge oversimplification of the problem. Okay, well, it's ba- it's a five minute video based on a book that someone wrote. So yeah. read the book if you're actually so, interested. So in please it. oversimplify yeah, it more the, into thirty seconds. Can well, we I do, do remember you saying like what we know about addiction is from a study. It's a, that's that's patently false. Well, we, we've done so many studies and so much published literature. Well, that's well, why I say it was it well, was sure, radically yeah. oversimplified. Okay, Sean, but like just like our understanding of what we should have in our diet is based on uh, some some faulty 
um, study or, or some faulty connection someone made to butter a long time ago because President Truman, I think, had a heart attack. So they said, okay, well, butter's bad. We shouldn't eat butter. But and then for kept, years— But we've kept studying it. Well, yeah, we've kept studying it. No. But for years, that perception per, uh, persisted in our in our minds, in our conscious, because of that misconceived study, right? Yes, and, and it does. It stays in the public consciousness right? Even, yeah, even though it turns out to be false, and people have known that it's false. The Brontosaurus—I don't want to get off too much— The Brontosaurus is a perfect example. Right. There is no brontosaurus. No brontosaurus. Yeah, what? you know about this. No. Prove it. It's a... Um, it's a patasaurus and a camarasaurus. Yeah, they swapped the skulls or whoever, something like whoever, that. And, whoever found that di- the dinosaur got the dinosaurs wrong, got the bones wrong, correct. they mixed it up yeah. and created a species of dinosaur that never existed and called it a brontosaurus. There's no no such thing as a brontosaurus. Yeah, and a hundred years later, people like me are finding out that's false, which completely trashed my childhood. But that's, Which is the reason I drink. <laughs> well, there you go. So so that gets me to what I take issue drink. with is yeah. is that it we view addiction as still a moral failing and it's a choice that people make and they it, they 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 blame it on others and I think that the truth is usually somewhere in the middle. It's neither entirely someone else's fault, but it's n- neither entirely your fault either. For example, if you're bro cuz you mentioned this at the top of your problem Sean, which is um the family environment that you're raised in. Oh yeah. C- c- no, right? there are I know where you're going and and I agree there are there are reasons why you become it's like i said environmental and genetic but that doesn't mean as an adult you're not responsible for doing something about it well you, what's your point maddox what are you saying that we're not it's, it's our view is all not right. on you yeah it's 100 something on you. about it. of no, course no because if you were raised without the the proper education and uh, and state of mind and mental faculty to be able to recognize yourself and be cognizant of yourself and be self-aware enough to realize that you have a problem and you realize that the problem may be something that has to do that's been triggered psychologically from your upbringing, and you don't pursue that help. Like that's a huge that's a huge uh, uh, leap to expect someone to know that about themselves. Uh, I think very no, few, it's few not. people you are. You drink out, too much. You drink too much. If people you have been drinking outside, too much for thousands of years. If you have outside friends or relationships, people don't tend to listen to them, and they probably should. Yeah, because if somebody is concerned about you, they you say you get this skewed perception too, and this goes to to Maddox's point where you tend to hang out with people who do the same thing as you so you get this true so you get this true (laughs) so you get this very skewed uh, it's not a microcosm you know it's not it's not a real sampling of what people do out there and you put it on the other person this goes back to kind of the victim you know thing where well not really the victim thing but you say you know what's your problem like, wh- why are you killing my fun? Like, everybody does this. and you Everybody don't, does what? Everybody parties much? like this. Everybody oh, yeah. uses dr- You know, it's like, because it's like all of your friends and it's all the people you're associating with. But that's not the type of person, That's we're talking about two different profiles here. We're talking about someone in denial still versus someone who realizes they have a problem, knows what the problem is, and then wants to go out and address it. That that person is really rare. That person, uh, and, and by the uh, way, I, I think the, the problem is, the reason that these people don't get that help is because- they may feel judged. They may feel like yes. they may feel like everybody sees it as a moral failing, and a lot of times it's not. If you watch that video, I'll link to it on the website yeah. again. It's it's uh, from In a Nutshell's the YouTube channel. Highly recommend everyone watch this video. I've been proselytizing this video for so long, but it is a connectedness problem. It's a problem with connectedness, not a problem necessarily with, with other uh, people. Uh, you mean yeah. connected with man? That's the well, yeah. There's there's certainly an element of that. 
It's it's that's uh, that's uh, that's the primary. I mean, that's the variable I, that they, I, they changed in that study, and they found a vastly different outcome with rats who were addicted to cocaine and rats who weren't. But we yeah, got plenty of people to study. Like, it's nice that a yeah, rat in a cage reacted exactly in this very simplistic way to addiction. But we've got millions of people who are addicts and who have support networks who are harmed by addiction to study and the. the that's it's not as clear cut as that. It, it seems to be the ones my friends. Oh, yeah, my, it's just not. Look, 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 my friends personally, from my my own personal experience and my anecdotes, mm-hmm. my friends who have been addicted to drugs and alcohol um, for the longest time. I, I I can't say the name of this person. He's kind of a minor. Just celeb. make up his name. Um, my whatever, friend, your friend, Timmy, yeah, a friend, a friend, a friend, a Donnie friend, the drinker. Yeah, he's a guy, the drinker. Right, huge, huge problem with alcohol and drugs. Uh, it's basically ruined his career. And everybody, everybody came down on him. I mean, this guy's a pu- kind of a public figure, so like the world came down. Is on it Mickey this guy. Rourke? No, I'm, that's I'm not true. Say, I'm it's not like say a, you feel like you're being accused. Exactly, and that that sense of judgment comes from our belief, based on that old school study, right or wrong, and whether or not we've studied it. But based on that, our belief that it's still a moral failing, right? And then judging Maybe. people judging people for it and then they make they feel yeah, less connected they feel more isolated and more likely to turn back to drugs however there no, has been a recent change in this guy he's come off the wagon is that is that the right phrase yeah you can say fall off the wagon he's on the he's wagon not he's not drinking okay he's oh, not drinking he's, he's not drinking oh, he's, he's not on the wagon he's not yeah. and and it has a lot to do with a personal friend of mine who befriended him and uh, they were both addicts, and he realized, like, look, I get it. This is a really shitty situation, but you need someone on your side. You need that support network. And I know you're going to fail, but I got to be there for you until you get back on and that's off the, the wagon. And that's yeah. the whole point the of wagon. the support groups and things like that, which which I don't do, by the way. I didn't I didn't get sober that way. And uh, So what was your addiction, Sean? A lot of people do. Alcohol. Oh, you were an alcoholic? Oh, yeah, alcohol. Oh, okay. Yeah, alcohol. They say, you know, once, always. You know, I, I've— Heard a lot of the twelve-step, uh, you know, programs. I tried some meetings; didn't really fit for me. But it was of all the God stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's a big reason. Part but you, you know what they always say that's you know take what you need and you don't have to buy everything hook, line, and sinker. But it's like then, a buffet. Going back to yeah, uh, but going back to your point, yeah, the support network is important. And then going further back, well, I can talk the, about- resp- the responsibility thing. You're right. It's not ju- if your family, if you grow up dysfunctional, you think I thought my family was normal for a long time. It's like, oh, everybody's got shit. It wasn't until I started learning about myself and learning about really outside people and how a lot of people, you know, I put normal in quotes because there is really no normal. But it's like it's more normal, though. To like do there, what? it's there is a normal. I mean, there, yeah, you can use a, that without having to qualify it. There sure. is. No, there is a true. normal. It's the it's the middle of the bell curve, right? Yeah. Um, but it's really the more you know about kind of other people, you kind of learn a lot about yourself and you start thinking, you know, maybe, maybe they could be right. Because like I said, you've got this about what, um, from some of the studies I've read, they think that most alcoholics and addicts are actually, there's some honesty going on in there in that they feel that they can, that they have momentum they're like, well, it's not a problem now, but I feel like I could go that way because, man, when the right chemical hits you, you go, this is what I like. Mm-hmm. And it's different. Like in my family, it could be cocaine, could be alcohol, could be speed. Uh, and there's there always seems to be one. 
that just talks to you. You go, yes, this hmm. is for me. And you go, this could be a problem, but oh, you push yeah. it down the line and then you become like the great rationalizer. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so, so something I've kind of noticed in the comedy scene in Los Angeles is there are a lot of addicts in that scene. Oh yeah, uh, there, uh, there's some really unhappy people yeah. with fucked up lives and the comedy is a coping mechanism. They turn to comedy as a coping mechanism and then they still have drugs and alcohol oh, as a yeah. crutch as well. And I have noticed something about some of these people, like people who smoke compulsively. And I know people who smoke weed here and there and it's not a problem, but people who smoke compulsively, do drugs compulsively, they have interpersonal relationship problems. They're not able to hold down a relationship. They're not able to hold down friends. They're not able to keep a keep a connection with their family. They're not able to to have those type of connections in their lives. And they they seem to be uh, doing so much drugs and smoking so much and drinking so much because they don't want to confront their personal feelings about these problems that they're having. Correct. It's kind of like it's their it's their it's, it's their escape mechanism from confronting their own inner demons. That's right. That's what I that's what I see in the comedy scene. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Dick, you you have dealt with al- with uh, addiction as well. Do you want to talk about that? What do you mean? I, do you or not? <laughs> do I want to talk about what? Do you have you ever had dealt with addiction? Because you were agreeing with Sean earlier. Well, I mean, I was really into like Just Cause Two. When yeah, it came out. I played that for too long. Pretty fun. Um, no, if you just what you want, just my blanket statement. If you want, whatever you, you want to share. Uh, I think there is a huge reason to come down on addicts from a position of moral authority. You talked about them as a moral failing. I think the worst thing you could do with an addict is try to support them. I think you should, the reason people react like that is not because it's some kind of brainwash thing in them, but it's because they recognize this person is a toxic influence in their life and they need to uh, excise it as hard as possible because it's so difficult. So I don't think that's ever going to change. I don't think socialization and getting a bunch of people together is really the the panacea for addiction. Um, I don't know, maybe the Oculus Rift is. You plug your brain in and you can... <laughs> I'm serious. You can build your own fake reality where everything's perfect and you don't need drugs anymore. But whew, that'll be, have to be a hell of a piece of software to uh, to compete with the bottle of liquor. Buddy, I got one for you. I got the Google Cardboard. over. The, I went to a VR seminar at the YouTube studios recently and I, w- mm-hmm. I want you to try it after. Have you ever ever tried it? I've never tried any of this VR shit. <clears throat> oh man, you're going to love it. It's no. going to be great. Um, So, so Dick, on, on your point though, that you think that... Uh, that people who want to excise these pe- these toxic people out of yeah. their lives. Look, I get that because sometimes when you are in a toxic environment, you need to do what's best for yourself and get out of it. But the people I'm talking about who have found connection and have solved their addiction, or at least, uh, uh, yeah, solved their addictive uh, addictive habits, are people who have connected with other addicts because other addicts are the people who are going to be your friends sometimes. And it's got to, it's got to take two. They they understand. Yeah. They understand. They understand what you're going through. They understand what it's like. And I have friends who are severe addicts and I try not to judge. I try not to, I try to put myself in their shoes and you got to understand that sometimes people are going through stuff that you can't even fathom that you don't understand that you don't have a full grip on. And it's, it's easy to point your finger and say, fuck you. You're an addict. Fuck you for doing this. Fuck you for ruining your life and, and destroying your friendships and everything like that. But you got to try to step back and get a little bit of perspective and understand while still taking care of yourself. Don't be in that toxic environment, but also try not to be so judgmental of people who are addicts. Well said. Well, yeah, I, I come down on the other side of that, obviously. Um, you got I any more? A, yeah, yeah, I do. Just a little more on a on a personal level. I wrote down immediate family, 
extended family, aunts, uncles, grandparents. I did this yesterday, actually. Uh, cousins, people that I had regular exposure to growing up. Um, I came up with 33 names. Of those, there are 18 addicts and or alcoholics. Huh, right down the middle. No, well, it's higher. Higher, yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. So a little- 18. Little, yeah, 18, which is wow. a huge number compared to like, you know, world statistics, right? Yeah. So including five out of six in my immediate family. Whoa. Yeah, Holy f- shit. Five of six. Are you the sixth that isn't? Oh, no, I am. You are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, but you that, how long have you been sober now? Uh, almost four years. Four years sober, not yeah. a drink. No. Good for you. No. Good for you. Fantastic. You will not be having any of this whiskey, which no, I just no, opened no. <laughs> during the addiction problem and started yeah, drinking. I said at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. in my family, it's uh, resulted in trouble with the law, uh, work, relationships, suicide attempts, and death. Wow. Not to mention sleeping with ugly people. Oh, oh huge, huge and there's problem. A little, man, oh I've woken gosh. up a couple of times and looked for a chew toy to throw so I could get the <laughs> fuck out of there. You know? <laughs> for her, for you. <laughs> I, I, you look, uh, Sean, I, I've dealt with addiction myself and in my family. For me, I've been fortunate enough to not be addicted to any kind of substance. Uh-huh. Uh, this, By the way, this whiskey that I'm drinking right now is the first drink I've had in over a month and a half. I don't, I just don't drink anymore. It's just, it's just not something I do that much. Uh, I haven't been addicted to drugs or smoking or any of that other stuff. Uh-huh. For me, dark souls. <laughs> Uh, Dark Souls for real? Absolutely, actually. Yeah, of course it's an addiction. Dark Souls 2. When Dark Souls 2 came out, I was writing I Am Better Than Your Kids, uh, my second book. And I remember I was coming home, and a buddy of mine was uh, at my apartment. And I called him up. I'm like, hey, man, can you do me a favor? He goes, yeah, anything. And I said, uh, can you walk over to my PlayStation 3, eject the disc, and then hide it from me? And then no matter what I say when I come home, uh, don't give it to me. And he goes, yeah, no problem. And then I come home and I'm like, hey, um, look, man, uh, I changed my mind. It was a huge mistake. Just give me the disc. I was just fucking around on the phone. He goes, I'm not going to give it to you. I'm like, okay, but, but for real, give me the disc. Is I this want to turn into an erotic story. <laughs> <laughs> Are you hoping I slip up and say dicks instead of discs? But, no, uh, I'll suck your dick for Dark Souls 3. <laughs> Have you ever sucked dick for weed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I started badgering him for the disc, like, at first, it was kind of jokey, but then near the end, I started getting really mean with my friends, and I would say, "It's <laughs> addiction." I would say, "Yeah, it was addiction," yeah. and I started saying shit like, "Okay, fine, fuck it, I don't want the disc anymore." And he's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "I guess uh, you know, a lot of people work really hard, and they deserve some time off, and they deserve uh, to enjoy the themselves, guilt. but not me." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I started guilting him. <laughs> My my poor friend who's doing oh, nothing man. but like m- what I asked him to do for in my best interest, and I started guilting uh. him. So that was me with video games, and for a little while, uh, back when I was uh, younger in, in college, still I a little bit. I think I was addicted to porn for a little while uh, because uh. I was in in Utah. Porn addiction is huge. In Utah, the masturbating or the porn. Well, I mean, well, would so you just repressed. like watch? Like that state is so repressed, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's weird because sometimes I, I remember I would lose track of time and it would be hours had gone by. And I wasn't even like Days doing I was just looking. Big beard growing on some <laughs> yeah. jerking off. I was looking, but I've kicked that habit. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not compulsive about porn. I'm not compulsive about, well, I am about Dark Souls 3 and it's not a problem. Except uh, for when book deadline, like how many authors <laughs> have missed book deadlines because of liquor? Probably a lot. 
Or sure. or yeah. made them because of liquor. Nope. Thompson Hunter is Thompson. Uh, Hemingway oh, I mean, maybe. No. Yeah, and Very you know what? And they were both miserable people. Yeah, they yeah. were miserable who killed people. themselves. And oh, yeah. one last note: my in my family personally, um, there has been gambling addiction in my family, yeah. and it has. It's wrecked. all about the. It's all about the uh, reward section of your brain. That's yeah. how that gets reinforced. Well, that's yeah, that's part and it of it. Changes but, your but, brain. But honestly, Sean, I go back yeah. to that video. Yeah, it totally does. I go back no, to it that. Does, yeah. yeah, it does. It does rewire your circuitry because if you keep doing those same patterns in your brain, you're going to keep doing those same patterns in your brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, this this uh, gambling addiction has wrecked my family. It has mm-hmm. been so devastating to my family. Uh, interpersonal relationships, huge problems, all sorts of every aspect of life you can imagine has has been affected by this. Mm-hmm. And I go back to that video about addiction and think about the environment and how connected you are to people, and I can see that problem permeating throughout my family and people people in my family if uh, you know the ones who are addicted to things usually i look at their lives and their surroundings and they're in toxic environments that make them unhappy oh uh, no i agree 100 percent. and that's exactly i think what what uh what is the petri dish for addiction yeah i see mm. well uh, yeah i see what you're saying the incubator it, but again i'll go back to the responsibility part uh, on the on the part of that person i'm 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 big into that because like I said, you can become an addict or an alcoholic or whatever. And, you know, you bring up the other addictions, which is, which is good. I'm focusing on drugs and alcohol because it's what I know. Yeah. You were saying, oh, it's a big leap for them to, to realize that they have a problem and, and that kind of a thing. Possibly so. But at some point, you have to know that you're not happy. Well, I'm, sure. I mean, I, you're, you, you, can't, you can only talk yourself hmm. into it. There was moments when I was drinking where – it was like a hole opened up and I couldn't imagine feeling worse. Everything was a hopeless, it was, life was just hopeless. And if that had lasted more than about an hour, I would have killed myself that day. No hyperbole. Hyperbola. Um, <laughs> no, you were right. Was I? Yes. No, I'm just buzzing. He your always oh, okay. fucks it up. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, a, a quick aside. Uh, the only reason I know that word is hyperbola instead of hyperbole is because the first time I encountered it was in mathematics, not in English. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So it is hyperbole? It's hyperbole. Okay, you said yeah. it right, Sean. I was just uh, busting on myself. But, uh, Sean, uh, uh, I'm glad that you were able to kick the addiction for four years, and I'm glad you, you got out of that dark spot. That sounds – I mean, for people who have not been addicted to anything, you're very fortunate. Consider yourselves very lucky uh, because it is devastating when it happens. You know, Sean, you, you hit on a point here. You said that uh, addicts have to know that they're not happy. I think that I, I don't think that a lot of addicts – are under any kind of delusions that they're happy. I know, I know personally people who whose family has been destroyed because their family came to them and said, "You have a choice to make. You can choose drugs or you can choose us." Right? And they said, "I choose drugs." Yeah. Then and you feel worse. Not, yeah, of course. But they're not happy people. They're not no. happy people. They're not happy, and they're not they're not under any kind of delusions that they're doing the right thing in life. And I think that honestly, um, the help that these people need. Sometimes, uh, if we if we maybe looked at them with a little less judgment and a little bit more empathy, we could probably we could probably make a little bit more uh, headway. To- I mean, how would you solve your addiction, John? By learning about myself. Okay. I went, yeah, I went to talk to somebody for years, and the more I found out about myself, it was why I felt this way, uh, how my family uh, came into it, and it's a long process because, contrary to popular belief, 
like a therapist, they don't tell you what to do. If you have a therapist who's yeah. telling you what to do, get rid of that therapist. That's Wait, not, what? That's not what they tell yeah. you to do. Oh, they don't tell you to do weird dress no, wearing. Therapy their job that he is to makes me do. Is that wrong? Their job is to get you thinking. Yeah, and asking questions. And they're supposed to use the Socratic. If they, if yeah. they do it for you. You can't You're not be, doing it. It's you, not yours. Right. You can't be lectured on how to change. You have to come to those connections, and they have to lead you there in a way that that uh, makes you makes you discover the, the solution yourself. And so they feel true. And when I dealt with a lot of that stuff, I didn't feel the need to get out of my head so much. I agree. And I was able to just kind of put it down, and I didn't, I didn't trade booze for Jesus or for, like, working out 10 hours a day. Like, you know, uh, one compulsive behavior yeah. for another. And okay. because suddenly— uh, work, Working out— no, it can yeah. equally it can oh, be equally yeah. devastating. There's there's um there's if it impacts your relationships, I guess. Right. I mean, I mean there there are people who trade one addiction for another, and it becomes something that you would do compulsively that is unhealthy for you. Like yeah. anything you do compulsively, even eating healthy, exercising, anything it is can be if you do it compulsively, can be devastating to you and your friends and your relationships. Yeah, and that sudden change, trading you know one thing for another, it often doesn't last. Yeah, I've seen it happen. And Sean, so. It sounds like therapy has helped, and therapy does help sometimes. It's the best thing I've ever done. So I would recommend for anyone listening, if you guys are struggling with addiction, see a therapist, but don't look at, like, there's a stigma associated with therapy that I would hope that America can get can move past, because therapy does not mean that there is something necessarily wrong or broken about you, but sometimes you go to a therapist to learn about yourself, and it's only through this learning process that you're able to solve your problems like addiction. Ther- therapy is the crucial component in that healing process. You know what? I'm a whatever works guy. Yeah. Really. I mean, sure. if it's, it's whatever helps you not destroy relationships, you know, works. I guess I don't relate to the trading, you know, drugs or alcohol for, for one thing or another. We're going really long. I apologize. No, it's fine, Sean. What try, what Sean is trying to say is vote up pragmatism on these solutions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, where do you think addiction belongs in the big list? You think it's worse than horses? Man, I hate horses. Yeah. Mm, it's true. I'm going to bring glue in as a solution. We we had to make mules because horses suck. Yeah. Fucking horses. You know, for work uh-huh. and stuff. And you didn't make that <laughs> point. <laughs> oh, that was a good one, Sean. Hilarious. Thank you, cool Sean. Uh, what a voice. It. What a voice on that guy. Yeah, um, he's great. He's yeah. got one of those uh, three ball voices. What's that mean? It's got like got three balls. Exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Sean, great problem. Thank you for sharing your uh, your personal stories and insight. And again, guys, it's what I know. Yeah, yeah. If you guys if you guys are struggling with this, um, you know, learn about yourself and and uh, talk to a therapist. There's a website. I think it was called um, Therapic.com where you could go and find a therapist that would match whatever you were looking for if you were dealing with you know whatever kind of problems. And different therapists have different uh, styles and approaches. So if you go to a bad therapist, don't discount all therapists. Talk to another one. See if you can oh, find one. there's some crazy motherfuckers out there. Sure. There are people who believe, who, who approach uh, psychological healing through spiritualism. There are people who approach psychological healing through uh, connectedness and group therapy and conversation and psychology and science. There's it, it runs the gamut. Find one who works with you. And why limit yourself to the, you know, of available options? Yeah. And you might, you might be surprised. You, you think you sit down in an office and you talk to a therapist and they're just going to tell you how to fix your life. That's no, not the case. that's not what they're supposed to no, do at all. No. And it, yeah, like what Sean said, that's, that's, Ron. I think that's more like a, a life coach or something. Yes, get a life coach. Yeah. They're yeah. great. <laughs> Oh, perfect. All right, Dick. Well, thank you, Sean. Uh, uh, Finally, for our 100th episode, thanks for bringing a problem in. There you go. And you know what? Uh, People have emailed me a lot. 
on this. They said, I heard you say something on the show. Like, yeah, what, what's that about? about addiction? I, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, about that, that yeah. kind of stuff. So, I, I mean, I, I love it when I get those kind of emails. Yeah. Because I, sometimes I'll say something, they'll go like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I get a lot of emails on asteroids. Yeah, I have no idea what you mean. I just <laughs> like the taste of Asteroids may be a bigger problem. Yeah, uh, no, they, they are addiction. for sure, for sure. All right. All right, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play a couple more uh, greetings from these guys. This one's from uh, Elizar. What is it? Does he have a? He's got a different name on the thumbnails. It's Tartar. Tartar. He goes by Tartar. Yeah. He also makes thumbnails. Thank you, Elizar. Yeah. He sent in congratulations. Hey guys, Elizar Tatar here, your resident Photoshopper. Congrats on the hundredth episode. This may very well be the only podcast that is truly unskippable. You guys don't rely nice. on celebrities, pop culture, or stupid gimmicks. Just genuine comedic genius. It's been an honor listening and working with you guys. Skip. Spoiler hey. to all the fans out there. <laughs> Whoever brings in accountability <laughs> is going to win. It's the mm. biggest problem in the universe, as well as the biggest solution. Yeah, That's sorry. About it. That's a, a yeah. great problem. No, no, it's not. Well, you no. messed up, Sean. We already brought well, in okay, the I big, the two big A problems this week, which is asteroids and addiction. We don't need another A problem, and it's not going to trump those. You're a letterist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm fine All with right, that. here's one from Denzel. Uh, you remember Denzel? He brought yeah. in being black. I, Denzel, I'd, love, I'd love it if he would come back. Me too. He could talk about just about anything and have some insight. He's well, a great let's, let's see how he does in this 30-second clip first. Hey, it's uh, Denzel, a.k.a. Black Kermit the Frog. Congratulations <laughs> on making it to 100 episodes. You guys have some of the most entertaining content available for free. It's a tough feat, especially considering that most podcasts on the internet are boring, pretentious, and horse shit. Right. Shoutouts to Randy, Sean, Dick, and Maddox. You guys put on a wonderful show every week. Hey. Thanks again for having me, and here's to 100 more episodes. Hey. Hey, very cool. Awesome. I knew Thank was, you, Denzel. I knew he was cool when, I, when he laughed at my uh, like immediately racist joke. The wallet joke? Yeah. yeah. I was glad because he's a huge dude. He's, All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is, mine's, mine's a pretty simple problem. Way bigger than addiction, though. I'm sure. Yeah, way way bigger than asteroids. Oh yeah, yeah. What do you got? Women. Mm. Mm. It's certainly more people. My hands on the buzzer or the dinger. I don't know which one to press, Dick. Can't live with them. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Period. That's my whole problem. There you <laughs> go. Vote it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Stats. Sean, we're, we're gonna on. need some stats. What do you need? How many are like stats? how many are there? I don't know. That's I why, brought, that's in, why we, I I brought in the Wikipedia about it. For Wiki, women? Wikipedia defines a woman as a female human. What? That's true. The term woman is usually reserved for an adult, with the term girl being used for a female child or adolescent. But we all know what they really are. Deceitful succubi. Oh boy. <laughs> Who are this? only who that's are only a, after one thing? That's in Wikipedia. Yes, but we don't know what that one thing is, do we? Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. If we could ever find out what they wanted, ever, and we'd all be happy. Yeah, but we can't figure it no out. No more addiction. No, no more addiction. <laughs> yeah, good woman will fix that right up. Right, is, Sean? Uh, yeah, the, sure. The stats prove if she, that if she's an addict, if she if she brings the <laughs> chew toy back. <laughs> Hey, um, this has been, I think, the most Dick Masterson episode we've had. This is a very Dick Masterson problem. What do you mean? Why? What do you mean? What do I mean? You are the author of Men Are Better Than Women. Look, it's up to the the audience. I'm just I'm just bringing in the problem. Oh, okay? it's an objective. No, what's the, what's the word? Order? 
Or Somebody to share. Yeah. yeah. What are you saying? I've done more for women than pretty much anyone else, I would say. Oh, I, you've done things to women for sure. Yeah. yeah. He's certainly <laughs> up the lesbian population. Yeah, the, for him, sure. Right? Uh, he's, he's, le- he's <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, sure. Because the- they can just turn it on and off. You're right, Sean. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. He's up the level of misandry, <gasps> I, I would uh, say. Huh? Maybe a little bit. Because I'm real with them. That's why. Um, real talk. We all appreciate real talk. Right. This is we'll rename the show to Real Talk. Maybe that'll be the name of the new network coming out. Teach a man to fish. <laughs> you yeah. feed him for a day. Yeah. But teach Amanda to fish. You're gonna have a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> that's real talk. Do you that's make that real up? talk. Yeah. That's, that's real funny. talk. Yeah. Look, it's it's pretty much impossible to have sex with women. <laughs> Is that true or false? True, it's true. That's true. <laughs> As a gay for for a gay man, it would be impossible to have sex with a woman. Either way, either, either way, way. Impossible. straight man. No, okay, there's a wh- lot of like why? older gay guys have families and stuff. That's true. That's true, Sean. Yeah, gay or straight, it's just as hard. Look, I have no problem having sex with women. <laughs> okay, <laughs> done. Well, we're not all you. Yeah. Well, let's let's you vote. Do you down, want lessons? Then. Do you want? Le- I I can give tutorials. Does it doesn't matter. All the tutorials in the world. Banging tutorials. Yeah. With Maddox. Why did we Why did we invent all this birth control if it's so hard to have sex all the time? That's all I'm asking. What are you talking about? So hard. Why to have sex? Why does it take women so long to get ready? Hmm. Big problem. <laughs> Boy. Are you going to say that that's not a problem? See, here's the thing, Dick. The only person you've ever had sex with in the room other than the girl is yourself. So the one variable Wait, other than that a you girl, can, what are you talking about? No, the, there's only two people in the room. Sometimes, I don't know, maybe uh, your life coach jerking off in the corner. I don't know what's going on in your in your bedroom. I don't want to, you know, no judgments, no asking, right? But the only other person in the room other than the girl usually that you're having sex with is you. So the one variable that's that's uh, that, that can be changed in that equation is you. Maddox, why does it take them so long to get ready? <laughs> that's the real question. That's what I'm saying. It's you. No, to go out. Oh, to go. Oh, Not okay. talking about sex all the time. All the time. Why, what am I do? What am I doing? I don't I got to wait for you to do what? Why did you tell me to come over at six? But you're not ready until like 620. What, I don't have time to play a video game. I just got to sit there and stare at the wall. You know what my move is? This drives every girl I've ever dated crazy. Go sit in the car? Yeah. I say, And I tell them right before I do it, say, while well, they're still prepping their hair and stuff. Uh-huh. And I don't know. I learned this move from my dad, and I don't know why it pissed off my mom so much, but I tried it with a girl I was dating. Uh-huh. I'd go up to her while she's getting ready, and I'd be like, okay, I'll be out in the car. And they, they instantly, zero to 60, their fuse explodes. They get so pissed off. They're like, fuck you. I'm getting ready. I'm putting on my, I'm to do my shoe, my purse, blah, blah, blah. This is not a good start to a date. <laughs> Two people, maybe for you, this is your dream date. Two people pissed <laughs> off at each other, screaming in a car. Oh, man, it's so much fun. I, you know what, guys? Anyone listening right now in a relationship, so like what, four or five of you, uh-huh. uh, try this with your wife or girlfriend. Next time she's getting ready, just say, I'll be out in the car. See how pissed off that makes her. I don't know why. W- would that piss you off, Dick? If you got in your car right now and left? No. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why can women never decide what to have for dinner? Oh, that's a big, that's a what? fucking. Oh, what? my. Yeah. The hell is the problem? Amen to that.
it's so common that there's even a meme that's going around with uh, what's his name from Dawson's Creek, or whatever. Or no, um, I don't know. I don't know who the celebrities are, but it's a guy who's asking a girl. He's saying, "What do you want?" And she, oh, it's from the Notebook. See, he, he goes, you "Never know what they goes, want." What do you want? And she goes, "I don't know." Do and she goes, "What do you want?" And she goes, pizza? "I don't know." I had she pizza. Goes, what do you want? And she goes, "I don't know. I, I can't. I don't." Blah, blah, blah. Just you know what, guys, make a decision. Here's the thing, Dick. I, I've dated girls before where I ask them what they want, and it's like, I don't know. And I say, look, sweetie, you're not going to get your way 100% of the time. In fact, it's going to be more like 50% of the time. I'm just curious in case what you want is what I want because then we don't have to have this debate. You're not going to get your way all the time. I'm not going to get my way all the time. Look at this stress and aggravation that's being caused to you. This is I, this is the sweatiest this is an I've assault been. Yeah. on you. It's, a, it's assault. Hashtag yes all men. Speaking of crime, <laughs> a thousand murders every year are perpetrated by women. <laughs> that's a lot of murdering. A thousand? Yeah. That's it? What do you mean that's it? That's a thousand people in compared, the US? To Meg, compared to in men. The US? Yes, in the U.S., according that's to the FBI. More than I would have thought, I guess. Well, well, I mean, what, are there, what, are, that's there, a lot. There's like about, what, is it like 15,000? Doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. That's a fallacy. <laughs> that's it? a two quoque fallacy. Yeah, I looked it up. <laughs> really? Yes. That means other people are doing it too, so it's a fallacy. Yeah. Still murder, Sean. It's still a thousand murders. You know what, Dick? I, it's no. taken a hundred episodes for someone to mention that on this show, but that is that is a fallacy that I commit a lot. And Maddox, no, and you people do the entire rarely, list no, all the time. No, I don't. No, I fucking don't. <laughs> Your middle name is I Straw name Man. Them. You're the fucking Straw Man. You're the strawest man I've ever met in my life. I can't even see you. All I see is straw. Uh huh. <laughs> anyway, man. Uh, did, did you know that that yeah. men fourteen men are more likely are fourteen times more likely to be arrested for drug crimes. Yeah, I believe it. Why aren't women out there selling any drugs? If you want to get drugs, you got to find a guy. You know, I am curious about that statistic, Dick, because I recently looked this up. 91% of incarcerations are men. Uh Uh-huh. 91% of people who are in prison are men today. Speaking of prison, how about shows like Bachelor and The Voice? Garbage. They're horrible. Yeah. They're all driven by women. It's it's three hours of nonsense, of of brain-numbing escapist nonsense it's totally different than football too because i want to watch football (laughs) (laughs) oh man women right (laughs) (laughs) fat ads fat women in ads Uh, remember when ads used to all be hot chicks yeah okay you want to buy some soap check out my tits yeah, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to buy that soap, but I'll take you up on the looking at the tits, right, yeah, my lady. <laughs> like, start smoking like a true feminist, <laughs> right? <laughs> not anymore. No. Now it's now they got King Hippo up there selling the soap. <laughs> I don't want to buy soap from oh. King Hippo. Oh, Why right? not? I, you know what? I, I would trust a fat person to sell me soap more than a skinny person because a skinny person uses less of it. Credit cards. Yeah, fat person's got to be really uh, conscious about that. Yeah, because you, know? you got to get it under your boobs. The, well, then fat, the, fat man or woman, you got to wash under your boobs. How about credit cards? What about credit? Sixty-six percent of women have credit card debt uh, compared to thirty-three percent of men in a certain age group. I, well, I, apparently, I didn't write this stat down very well. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh I have nightmares of, of women getting a hold of my credit card, right? Mm. I wake up from, I mean, I'm in a cold sweat. My phone's lighting up 
of, of huge purchases going through. I'm freaking out. I open the door to try to get my credit card back, and I'm, there's an avalanche of credit card bills pouring in from <laughs> Tiffany's and Nordstrom's and Whole Foods. Like <laughs> Whole Foods? That's perfect. Yeah. So I call 911, right, to report all these, vi- these stolen credit cards. Right. Female so, dispatcher. Yeah. She goes, mm-hmm, th- that's what you get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, no, and I wake up. Yeah. yeah. How about, uh, this is interesting, actually, weddings. $50 billion dollar industry. Oh, my gosh. Right? Women initiate 70% of divorces. Really? Yeah. Huh. Guess how many non-marriage uh, breakups are initiated by women? 50. It's right down mm. the middle. So marriages yeah. are split more, are initiated more by them. Isn't that interesting? Yep, Ooh, yep, yep. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Why is that? Uh, I mean, I don't- Why is do you, that, Do Sean? you speculate? I don't know. I don't know. I have an unrelated stat that 3% of alimony is paid by men. Well, actually, Sean, it's because most women, <laughs> one out of every two women is, is in a domestic violence situation, and one out of every two women is waived. Is that true? No. Oh. Um, let's see. I got. I probably got one Wait, more. Wait, 3%? What? Uh, go back to that. Yeah. Say that stat again. I missed it. 3% of alimony is paid by men? Something like that? Three percent. Three percent paid by men. On Forbes, that's what this thing I saw on Forbes. By men? That I don't know. I was looking it up on my phone though. I don't know, guys. (laughs) It's got to be women. Here's wait. Here's what I actually do. Okay, so check this out for driving. Right. Uh, This study did. They did uh, researchers who studied thousands of traffic accidents over twenty years. They found that they found that the rate of accidents for miles driven was about even. However, these guys looked up women on women accidents, and it was like. It blew over the stats by like 50%. Like they expected per miles driven, it was supposed to be like 16%, but they found that the amount the amount of side swiping was like 50% or something wow. like that wow. compared to 16%. You got a honk. So for all the guys making self-driving cars, it's cool to make chick robots, but for the cars, make sure they're male robots, <laughs> self-driving cars. <laughs> How about this one? All of these... All of these jokes that I've just told you were written by a woman. Were they really? Oh, look at them. No joke. No. Who's, who's the woman? They weren't. No. Okay. Oh. <laughs> you can imagine. Fucking ass. All right. <laughs> you get it. a buzzer and, and a clap for that. That's it. Come on. That's, that's all you got on women. Women, 50%. You think 50% of the population is a problem. Why do they take so long to text back? I Never, never a they, problem with me, Dick. What are they doing? Right. I'm just trying to to bang to get some action as quickly as possible here. What's the delay? Hmm. What's the, what, what? What are you, what are you doing? Why, why is there the long pause? You're two text, hours to text back. You're texting three girls hours to text that, back. They're playing games with you, man. What's going on? That's a game. They're playing a game. Because hey. girls know sometimes. Like I, I hate the society that we were raised in because women think that if you reply too quickly to a text, and sometimes men think this too, but if you reply too quickly, you seem needy. Or you seem too available. And that lowers your value in their minds. So sometimes they'll wait an hour, they'll wait two hours, they'll wait a day. You know what, guys? Guys and girls, cut the shit out. You like someone, text them back. The movie Swingers did a whole thing on that. Oh, did they? Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, trying to figure out uh, how many days to wait. Oh, I I have blown off girls who were really interested in me because they took too long to reply. And I specifically told one a girl one time, she she texted me, we went out on a great first date. Fantastic. Went out on a great second date. Hooked up. Everything's going great, right? Texted her the next day. I'm like, hey, what are you doing today? Didn't get back to me till two days later. I'm like, 
sorry, dating someone else now. <laughs> Later, hottie. The whole, yeah, playing the, t- that's kid shit. It's kid shit, right? Kid and she, shit and she, she even, she even acknowledged, she even told me too. Later, she confessed. Years later, she said, hey, uh, sorry it took so long to reply. I just thought that you would think that I was too available if I texted you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's what I was checking was your availability that day to see if you wanted to hang out. You didn't reply to me, so I assumed you didn't. Moving on. Hey, speaking of kid shit, babies. Oh, mm. yeah. Can you imagine if babies were like 100% a hundred percent of launch? babies come from women? Yes, they do. If do they? Don't, don't, aren't there, aren't there a couple from test tubes, Sean? Well, you can know. make a test tube. If, I thought you had to implant it somewhere. Yeah, you do. If babies worked like, like a flower pot, nuclear launch codes where both people had to turn the key. Yeah. There would be no more babies. No more babies. That's it. Be beautiful. No toddlers. No, no, anybody. You guys like kids, though. What the fuck are you talking yeah, about? I you do. guys both like, like kids. Yeah, sure. Yeah, they're great. Kids. All right, that's my plan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have kids without babies. Or we'll, women. We'll get, we'll get around that. Oh, my gosh. It's like it's like I'm, I'm sitting in a room with no ma'am from uh, Married with Children. <laughs> I think we were talking about that on the way over, actually. Were you really? I think so. Perfect. Yeah. Great. I like women. I think women are great. They're great. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> No, that's look, my problem. I, there I, you go. I like women. I think women are great. I don't think that we, that women are a problem. Okay. I think some women are a problem, just like some men are a problem. We'll how about see. that? Di- how about that? We'll dick? see. I don't know. We'll see. Asteroids, women, addiction. I guess we'll see. <laughs> asteroids. I think legitimately of all the problems we've brought in in our entire hundred episodes, asteroids is the biggest problem in the universe. I know. It has the potential. Well, I mean, anything that has the potential to wipe out 100% of life yeah. on Earth is the biggest problem in the universe. Yeah, that's yeah. a big one. Or or life in the other universes. You know what, Dick? Maybe we haven't discovered those other aliens because they've been wiped out by asteroids. Vote it up. Vote up asteroids. Guys, I have one more package before we close up the show. This is a long episode. The, mm-hmm. I think the longest one we've ever done on our 100th episode. But I got a, I got a, I got a package here. It's a... Uh, it's from Heather Carrick. Heather Carrick. She sent this package for our 100th episode uh, with an envelope that says, Dick and Maddox, happy 100. <laughs> On the back it says, Sean, better not delete this his problem. <sighs> Sean. She says, hey, Dick and Maddox, happy 100 episodes. I bought a Christmas present for Dick, but obviously took my time mailing it, so now it's <laughs> a 100 episodes gift. I also made coasters for you guys. I tried to find a picture of Sean, but no luck. If you post one, I'll make one for him as well, and Boisterous too. Also giving you a drone stamp. An artist made them to protest drone strikes tonight. Thought you'd appreciate it. Keep up the good work. No need to go fuck yourselves today, Heather. Happy, and she said it's a birthday card. It says happy birthday, and she scratched out birthday. It says 100 episodes. Oh, that's there's cool. A, there's a horse on the cover. Yeah, there's a horse, and it says Maddox, I'm laughing at you. Thank you, Heather, and let's see these coasters. Oh, wow, look at these coasters. Oh, that's neat. Wow, these are really cool coasters. Look at that shit. Very cool. Heather, thank you so much. These are fantastic coasters. Really cool. Wow, I, mean, I didn't even know you could do that. They look like they've been branded. They look like they're they're coffee-colored on the outside, and the uh, they're on corkboard. Perfect coasters. And then she sent us these uh, little gifts, little gift wrap boxes. Oh, that's nice. It's one for Dick, and uh, I guess one for me here, or maybe, maybe, maybe Sean. Let's see. Uh, mine is emergency underpants. That's great. One pair. I guess they're really smushed down here and like vacuum packed. That's fine. Oh. One pair. Uh-oh, emergency underpants. One pair fits most adults. Always ready to use. That is awesome. Feeds. It's That's like cool. smaller than a uh, pack of cigarettes. It's ah, a good idea. Put it that is. in my car. 
And Heather sent me the drone in Drones We Trust stamp. It's actually a little stamp, a little wooden stamp, and it has a drone on it. And it says in Drones We Trust on this uh, on this letter. And it's uh, I guess it's to protest drone strikes. Uh, very cool. Always shoot drones. Vote up drones, people. But vote up asteroids first. Asteroids, biggest problem in the universe. All right, guys. That I think that concludes our 100th episode. We did it. 100 episodes. Amazing. I look forward to this show every week. It's probably, sadly, the most fun thing I do. That is really sad. (laughs) Guys, my problem this week was asteroids. My problem's women. Oh, yeah, my problem's addiction. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not used to this. Oh, man, I had a great uh, voicemail from Matthew McConaughey, but my shit's out of batteries. Yeah, I would like to to personally extend my thank you to Sean and Dick and Randy and Asterios and Aaron Tillman and Robin Higgins and Leah Tishone and Roger Barr and Ron Babcock and uh, Buckley Nathan Buckley and all the and Ryan Holiday and all the guests who've ever been on the show uh, and uh, Denzel. Everyone, thank you for making the show possible. We really appreciate it. Here's to a hundred more. There's lots more to come. Very exciting times. Thank you, and you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys, this is Roger Barr, and I just wanted to congratulate you on 100 episodes. Uh, Well, I guess congratulate is the wrong word. Uh, It's it's just kind of sad, really. That's 100 (laughs) episodes. That's just sad. Um, You're sad. On the bright side, you know, you're you're done now. I mean... Surely you're not going to keep doing this shit, right? So, so yeah, I mean, you, you got all kinds of things to look forward to once you put this stupid podcast behind you. So keep your chin up, all right? And uh, by the way, please tell your producer he owes me 50 bucks uh, for recording this for you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Did you tell people we're going to pay them? <laughs> no, okay, good. Ah, always, always Roger. Ball busting Roger Barr. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Robin Higgins. Just hey. wanted to tell both you guys to go fuck yourself. Oh, You're both mm. horrible people whose only nice purpose in life is to make pathetic losers feel a <laughs> tiny bit better about themselves for an hour every week because at least they're not you. Whoa. You're both so disgusting <laughs> that if the last people on earth were you guys and a decapitated Lena Dunham, I'd go gay for her to avoid touching either of your tiny, <laughs> tiny penises. <laughs> Happy 100 episodes. <laughs> Fucking Robin. Robin, claws come out, huh? Well, that's Robin. a shame because some of those losers sent in some nice emails about wanting to date her mm-hmm. that I have for next time she's on. They Maybe they'll be deleted. Who knows? Sean, We're going to hand them to Sean, and if they get deleted, we have nothing to do with that. I'll take care, care of losers. it. <laughs> Sean said he'll take it. Robin, you'll, you'll be sure to get those emails. She has a nice voice, though.